0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Giant Mess, the sloppy sports and entertainment talk show about the New York Giants, the New York Mets, movies, TV, comedy, and a whole lot more. It's hosted by Giant Mess, that's me, the real cinch, Neil Lynch. I am a plump and furry Irish-Italian-American who is a, I guess a non-racist seeking to become an anti-racist, but I think I might be racist. I'm definitely racist, everyone's racist. I graduated from a Catholic high school, but I'm not Catholic. Got a degree from a college known for producing doctors and lacrosse players, and then became neither. Instead, I'm a vlogger, blogger, podcaster, writer, editor, video optimizer, content strategist, and failed stand-up comedian. Of those, I probably earn money for one, one of those things, bring in income and revenue. Uh, I have a hotline you can leave a voicemail 862 BIT 1986 that's 862 BIT 1986 Um, I haven't checked it that's one thing that I never do before this show do a ton of research never check the actual hotline for voicemails Um, so you can pretty much say whatever you want on that voicemail doesn't have to be sports related doesn't have to be about movies TV comedy or any of that can be about racism Subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's been a bit inactive Maybe a little bit of a death spiral uh, as they call it in the biz But uh, the username there is real cinch or you can search giant mess and it should pop up uh, Thanks to some optimization Uh, I have an official blog Website you can check out with my uh, brain farts. It's neillynch.com N-E-A-L lync com. you can check me out uh check out giant mess on facebook facebook.com slash giant mess on twitter real cinch r-e-a-l-c-i-n-c-h also on instagram same username um, instagram is something that i should probably figure out that <laughs> seems to be the one platform i'm just never really posting on um, also on available on uh, Apple podcasts Spotify yeah, did you know that Spotify shit um, on this episode we talk about my uh, my brush with the coronavirus my scare We got a little touch and go there with the Rona and uh, I didn't know what to think or feel and it was panic city I'll talk about uh, during that I also we had a big move from our uh, luxurious house that we owned to the townhouse condo, the cozy condo, as my wife says, that we're currently renting. Uh, We'll talk about the Mets a little bit. You know, uh, I don't know if we're going to have a baseball season. Um, If we do and the Mets win, does it even count? I don't know. Um, But mostly I've been watching a lot of Old classic Mets uh, games that we'll get into we'll talk about DeAndre Baker's brush with the law Um, what the hell happened there details are kind of all over the place and fishy Uh, break down the Giants 2020 schedule and uh, we'll talk a little bit about about the movement what's happening in America Black Lives Matter and uh, a straight white man's take on black lives matter as if we need more people to give their opinion and and uh talk about that so um we'll kick it off with the coronavirus scare and the big move um so we last recorded right after the draft so it would have been april 26th april 27th thought the giants had a a pretty good draft that's now in my opinion the third straight draft that i think is above average and decent um, we're not seeing immediate returns in terms of wins, but we are seeing some talented folks go out on the football field and play their, play their dicks off. So, um, uh, but, but then my wife was like, all right, you got to shut her down. The pod, the show that nobody follows, no one's going to, no one's going to cry in their beer over not having you for a couple of weeks. Cause we got to get our shit together and move this goddamn house because you haven't done dick up to this point. <laughs> I'm doing everything as I do always, but like really need your help here. So yeah, we went on hiatus for the entire month of May. The month of May was just uh, an absolute blur. Um, But we got it done. I ended up taking a, a whole week off from work leading up to Memorial Day weekend. Some PTO paid time off. People were like, "Oh, what are you gonna do? You can't go anywhere. What are you gonna do?" It's like I'm I'm moving an entire house of crap to a smaller house, um. So, uh, and uh, and with the coronavirus scary. so what what happened there? Basically, that first week in May, uh, I just got this horrific, severe, dry cough, uh hacking like nothing i've ever experienced before a cough for the ages if you will um felt like my lungs were just trying to get through get up through my esophagus my phagus, and out my mouth it was just the lungs needed to get out and uh um you know i don't want to i mean hashtag i can't breathe i'm culturally appropriating the i can't breathe hashtag how appropriate you stupid cracker Um, but I couldn't, I, it was a of breath, horrible, hacky, dry cough, uh, headaches, just, you know, it was like all the symptoms that they say that coronavirus is. And I was just like, oh, okay, maybe I should get on the horn with a doctor. And that's one of those things that I always do. I just throw it out there into the, into the air, into the world. Maybe I should do this. And then I don't do it. Um, So it's a, it's a, it's a miracle that I'm even recording this podcast, this show right now, because, uh, I said, you know, maybe I should do it. And then like two hours later, nothing's happened. So the wife actually (laughs) set up a a teledoc video chat with a doctor in like Union City, I guess the only office in the area that does video chats. Um, doctor was awesome. Great bedside manner. And she's like, yeah, you, you check all the boxes for potential coronavirus. Might as well get tested. Here's a prescription. So I'm like, oh, okay, I might have coronavirus. A doctor just kind of confirmed it, um, my suspicions. So that experience, which I'm sure everyone's seen by now. I know KFC did it for Barstool Sports where, you know, he videoed the whole thing and it's pretty much, I didn't watch the whole thing and I'm kind of glad I didn't because I don't know if I would have gone. But uh, it was at William Patterson University in Wayne. Drove up there drove to where I thought we we're supposed to enter. Guy's like, nah, nah, nah. You know, that typical thing. Wrong. You're wrong. Wrong. And it's like, dude, what? What? <laughs> Why do people do that? Wrong. wrong. No, you're, you're you're in the wrong place. You're wrong. And you're wrong. And it's just like, yeah, well, okay. I didn't think it was wrong. Do you think I meant to come to the wrong place? So he turns me around. I go back uh, to the correct area and I pull up this hill and uh i come to this intersection and there's a, a cop car stopped who's kind of in the way and like another cop car and the on the on the other road of the intersection kind of a t-bone intersection and the cop the cop over his loudspeaker his pa was like roll up your windows and i i had my windows rolled down i like you know because i like to get a little fresh air while i drive I don't know maybe i caught i could have potentially i don't know does does corona travel i don't know so i've heard that it's like a six foot and done type of virus but i guess it could be just wafting around the air i don't know so not a hi not a hello you know the police are not into salutations greetings and anything like that and uh, you know the police i mean the cops Whoa. <laughs> let talk about uh Not in a good place right now.
1: Um, uh. We'll get into that later, but like, so very, you know, direct and to the point. Roll your windows up.
0: All right, roll your windows up. Uh, you know, do you have your prescription? I like hold it up. How many of you are in the car? And just like, all right, I'm getting interrogated, long distance interrogation, from a cop within his car over the loudspeaker, and I'm like, you know, I can't talk to him. I don't. I don't have the same equipment you got guy. I can't like you know holler back at you over the mic. I don't got that. So, you know, I'm like in the in the car, just like emphatically nodding like a dumbass. It's like, yes, no, yes. And so uh very never had that happen before. Um never hope to have that happen again because it's like luckily it was daytime, you know, and they can see I didn't have a tinted windshield. And uh it was white, so it all worked out <laughs> um so I drove past the the police blockade with their little interrogation. They were like the bouncer at the club, the coronavirus club uh let me see some i d and so roll you know drive up go to the go to the right um you also have like these these older folks in vests i guess volunteers who are directing you, and they're <laughs> they um they're also very emphatic like yeah you got to go left you got it's like all right guy like I, did you did you think i was did i have my blinker on like what what's going on so you have the you have the wrong guy wrong 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 and then the emphatic direction guy like you got to go left it's like i'm literally going 5 miles per hour i think i can make that turn um so you know pull uh, up get in line and then you have there's like a dozen or so people cops and uh not either not telling you what to do so you're just sitting there like a like an idiot or again emphatically like you got pull up you got to pull up you got to pull up and it's like what's the rush here guy what where is the fire like you know so uh you know pull up to the second station and there's these people like like looking like scientists and like, you know, full on hazmat suits with the masks and the goggles and like, they're the most decked out, uh, out of anyone. And so, uh, you know, roll down the window, show them my prescription and my ID. Of course my ID has the wrong, my old, old address. We, you know, Cassie and I have now moved together like four times. We've been together almost seven years and we moved four times already. Um, so i don't know i mean you want to test the endurance of a relationship move around a lot uh so they're like oh well this address is this and then i was like yeah i sent my change of address to get the sticker to put on the back and they never sent it and i was like i'm at this address but soon i'll be at this you know i'm just like Do we you know who cares i'm a resident um so they're like okay drive down to the right and i'm like wait what the fuck like you guys are all decked out just to get my id and prescription <laughs> you guys aren't the real guys so i go down to the right and of course you get more old people vests directing you like you gotta go left like all right i'm going left um and i'm going five or ten miles per hour and they're like come on come on and it's just like what if i go 20 miles per hour i'm a madman right? I'm a lunatic, but if I go 10, I'm, a, I'm, uh, holding up the line. So pull up to the next station and, uh, you know, this is the real shit. This is like, this is where you get, uh, the test. And, um, so like, okay, um, license prescription. Oh, this address doesn't, yeah, I know the address doesn't match up. So she takes out, it like, she calls it a Q-tip or a swab. This thing looks like a fucking like the uh the jousting the pugilist jousting thing that you see in american gladiators like you know that long ass stick with the huge things on the end um pu- pugilist like a giant q tip and she's like you know um all right you're going know, to lean your head back and i'm like leaning my head back and she's like more and i'm like lady you know i i got i am not a chicken head like uh, i got a football neck you know, i got a thick neck can only go back so far and um, she's like, all right, I'm going to stick this up your nose for 10 seconds. I'm like, all right, 10 seconds. I mean, come on, relatively speaking, it's short. And she sticks it all the way up my nose. It goes all the way up and it it definitely poked my brain. And I, I short circuited for a moment, forgot math. Uh, couldn't remember my middle name. And uh, that 10 seconds, I mean, you know, I've watched some NBA games, and guys, you know, three seconds in the paint seems like an eternity sometimes. There's 10 seconds. Uh, wow. Yeah. I, uh, Luckily, she had this, this this tech scientist, whoever, doctor, nurse, practitioner, whatever, medical professional, had nice eyes, kind, nice eyes, and a kind voice, and so I think that helped things a little bit when she was jamming uh jamming a sharp object into my um cerebellum so that stunk and she's like here's a tissue and i was like i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna cry um as a single tear rolled down my cheek and uh they're like all right here's a packet of information uh you will get your results in five to seven days i guess through a phone call or through the mail or something but you can go online and get it quicker three to five business days and I'm like, wow, that still sounds like a long ass time to wait for, for the results of a deadly virus that no one knows a lot about, like still trying to figure out how to figure out this virus. And 72 hours later, like I they're like, hey, Neil, um, we know you can't hear us because you're six feet underground, but we're going to let your wife know. Yeah, you had it. <laughs> um and uh of course that got fucked up my wife decided to take it upon herself to register on the website where they give the results i would log in every single day and it would say you need to authenticate your identity or some bullshit it's probably because of that stupid address mix up and so i would email the address that they provided every day saying hey authenticating my identity can i please have my results and uh, eventually you know, this is something that younger generations just don't do that older generations can't grasp is that we just don't pick up the phone. I just don't pick up the goddamn phone because I have such horrific experiences on the phone every single time. So uh, eventually it's like day f- seven at this point, and I just pick up the phone. and They're like, oh, yeah, we have your results. I just, we'll just email them right over. What's your email? It's like, oh, my God. I. and uh yeah not detected so spoiler alert not detected um but fucking a what a long time to got, what a long ass time to wait and wait and wait and wait and the whole time i'm thinking well, like if i have it then cassie has it the baby has it even though i guess children are immune which is just an interesting little a little quirk in this virus the virus is like hey i'm not a monster. Old people gotta go. We know that. Clear them out, and then uh, I'll weed out certain here people, the 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 sick of the herd. But the children, come on, I got the whole lives ahead of them. That's that's my corona impression. Uh, so that would have put a major dent in our move because if I have it, then Cassie has it. Potentially, Bree has it. So then we can't drop off the kid with our mother, in, with my mother in law, Cassie's mother so that she can watch her, so that we can get actually get some shit done with this goddamn move. Additionally, if we know that we have it, do we are going to let these movers come in and we're interacting with these movers and then they get it and it's like you're supposed to flatten the goddamn curve while they're trying to find a cure, which is crazy. Um, so that would have been like a nightmare scenario because then it's like, do we postpone? How long do we postpone? Do, should I go to the ER? eventually you know i I told my mother because i was like you know maybe mother's day weekend not the appropriate time to tell my mom (laughs) that that uh you know hey just want to let you know this deadly pandemic virus is inside me and uh yeah so i've been i've like you know I guess it says it really affects people with pre-existing conditions, which that's such a vague term in my mind because it's like, I'm very susceptible to bronchitis. And uh, that's, ended, that's what ended up, it ended up being was severe, severe bronchitis. But so Mother's Day weekend, I was like, eh, maybe I'll wait till Monday. It's like, well, we'll let you have your day and hopefully I can survive the night because I still didn't know at that time. And then uh, I'll hit you with my best shot on Monday because Mondays suck anyway, right, Garfield?
1: <laughs>
0: uh. So uh, Mother's Day weekend, I actually took advantage of Gold Belly, which I'm not sponsored by them, but shout out Gold Belly. Um, you, it's a website, and you can basically get famous, iconic signature dishes, desserts, bre- brunches, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever food item you want, any might pretty much any menu item you want from any restaurant in the country delivered. Uh, not cheap. <laughs> um, and they say free delivery, but it's like, you probably baked that into the cost. Huh? Yeah, you did. You baked it. So, uh, I got my mother and my sister. I was a cheap, I mean, I was kind of, a, I, I spent money, but I was also kind of cheap. Like I got both of them one gift and that was a junior's cheesecake, uh, from new york city which i've had you know my my father-in-law gave us some for christmas and i put on like at least 110 pounds like it was just oh dinner's done Uh, my massive caloric dinner which would be like it's like thanksgiving on christmas i'm gonna top that off with a little junior's cheesecake so i got them in the shape of a heart because i know how much women love heart-shaped things (laughs) uh they don't according to my wife who still has the heart necklace I gave her. It was one of the first gifts I ever gave her. It was a heart necklace. I think it was for our first Christmas together. And she was like, "Thanks." And I think she still has it. Never worn it though. So, yeah, pro tip, don't give your your girl heart-shaped shit. They hate it. So I gave my mom's sister a heart-shaped juniors cheesecake. And uh and you know, my mom loved it and I think my sister didn't want to touch it because she's you know, trying to I don't know so but they i guess they enjoyed it i hope they enjoyed it and then uh for cassie's gift for mother's day there's a some kind of donut shop in minnesota again minnesota what's going on what's going on there but this donut shop does custom donuts quote unquote but in reality it's like here are a dozen messages that we spell out in donuts and so uh, they didn't have a happy Mother's Day or any kind of mom-related donut message, so I just picked treat yourself. And, uh, of course, she's like, you don't have to get me anything for Mother's Day. It's fine. Let's just whatever. Blah, blah. I was like, ah, no, I got it. I got it. And she's like, it better not be sweets. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me, dude. I mean, the one thing I got you and I can't get it for you and I got it already? And, of course, it shows up, and she's like, I can't. I'm like, all right. All right. And um, took some pictures that I uh, could not post. So I ended up putting together this little, like, video, uh, stop-motion video? I don't know. Just took a bunch of pictures, put into a video collage compilation type thing, set it to some music, which, you know, if you haven't tried it out yet, I know I sound like a fucking old fart, but, like, clips on your iPhone? It should be a clips app. Boom. Open that up. Throw your photos in there. They got all kinds of music. Throw that. It's like, you know, not a bad way to go about your life. So, and uh, no one liked it. I posted it on Instagram, Facebook. Everyone's like, ugh. I was like, all right. I tried and I failed. Just keep on trying. Um, So that was Mother's Day. And then uh, that work week, I was just like, just struggling to get to Friday, and so uh, you know, Friday was just an absolute disaster in terms of where my head was at, and uh, it led to some interesting developments at work. I'll say that much. So I took off the next week. The Monday, I'm like, I can't take. I can't like the Saturday before, so the 16th May. Um, the weekend after Mother's Day weekend, we rented a U. Our cast rented a U-Haul. And we got some work done. And I thought I thought we put a tremendous dent in what we needed to move. We filled up a U-Haul. Um, I was somehow got through it with like severe bronchitis. Um, and uh, you know, it was like four or five hours. Most of it was trying to Jenga slash Tetris. Slash Jumanji the tr- the the things into the truck like the packing is what takes the most time like trying to like puzzle that shit and figure out what goes here and what can slide in here and I mean I I I'm not good at a lot of stuff in life um but I, packing and maybe that's just an inherent dad trait dad quality I think my dad was my dad was good at it and his father's father and his father's father's father it's just like a dude trait like just finding crevices nooks and crannies to put our stuff. In.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that makes sense. Dudes, we like to find nooks and crannies to put our stuff in. Boom. So, the packing, you know, took me a while, but I figured it out and got a bunch of stuff in, and the unpacking was like less than an hour. It's just like, let's just get it out, get it out, get it out. And uh, you know, celebrated with some Tex-Mex that was yeah, you know. There's that that's one thing about this area which I don't understand is like where is the good-ass Mexican food? Like, if I had the money, I'd start my own franchise, call it Diego's. Cause it's that's Spanish for David. That was like my Spanish name in school, Diego. And I was like, I almost want to change my name to Neil Diego Lynch. Or just go Diego Lynch. Damn. Sounds good, right? Sounds right. Uh and so we I thought we got a lot done. I was like, wow. So the rest of this week should be easy peasy. I mean, we have the movers coming to move the big shit on Wednesday. And, uh, and then we're coast is clear. So Monday I'm like, I wake, I wake up and I'm like, man, I am, I'm like, I'm hurting. Like, this is bad. Sunday was, you know, I was just like out of it. Monday I was out of it. And I was like, and Cass is like, we just need to, you need to have another appointment with your doctor.
1: Tell him you were not coroned. You didn't have the Rona. And just figure out like how you're going to, like, you. I need you. <laughs> like you can't be dead to the world
0: over this week. Like you told me that you were going to go like full steam ahead 110%, which I did because, you know, uh, I, I got called out. And so I was like, you when you need me, I'm there. They call me last minute Lynch because I, I come in last minute, I procrastinate, and last minute I bring the heat. And I, I talked up a big game. And then, of course, I had severe bronchitis and was not addressing it. So I had another doctor's appointment. She's like, I'm going to hit you with a pack If that doesn't work, we're going to hit you with a chest X-ray and then possibly an antibodies test. And I'm just like, okay, let's do this. Take the z pack Monday. Didn't get anything done. Tuesday, I slept all goddamn day. I mean all day. Could not stay awake. And my wife must have been sweating goddamn bullets like i am i gonna have to fucking do this all by myself with a kid on wednesday and uh, i don't know wednesday just like i think it was the third day of taking the, the z-pack and i just i just i just doused myself in caffeine just bathed in caffeine injected it rubbed it into my skin berry bonds like cream style um and, if, and like just getting as much caffeine in my body of course didn't help that and th- these movers i don't know what is going on these movers get under my skin it's this one company and they happen to be the best company they're you know better business bureau a plus business accredited and a plus rating and all this other shit but i can't the guy rubs me the wrong way he just rubs me the wrong way um or i put out quotes to like a dozen movers because i'm a psycho and most of them said we need four movers. And this guy comes back and says, "All right, well, you got this flat rate. No one else offers a flat rate, like blah blah. blah. And we're gonna have three movers come." And I was just like, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, three movers?
1: What are you talking about?" And he's like, "I've been doing this for 17 years. I know what I'm doing. This is a three
0: three guy job, you know." And then I'm like, "All right, I just I know a lot of these other companies have said four movers." And he's like, "I've been doing this for 18 years," and I'm like, "You." He just said 17s. I feel like if I kept him going, he would have been like, I've been doing this for 82 years. He just kept going up. And uh, and so he's like, well, you know, you want four movers, I'm going to have to charge you. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I I guess I trust you. If you say three movers, it can be three movers. I just, you know, I don't know. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so three movers. And, you know, a day of, if there's a fourth guy hanging around, I'll bring him for free. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Why what why did you just put me through the goddamn ringer? Only to tell me that the fourth guy could be free anyway. And, you know, spoiler alert, there was four fucking guys. So, I don't know. Um, so anyway, he says, "Oh, we'll show up at 8 uh between 8 and 9 and then uh, you know, flat rate, so, you know, we're not going to take her time and dilly dally and take forever. These motherfuckers show up at seven thirty, and the guy is ringing the, the shit out of the doorbell. It's ring, ring, ring. And I'm just, and like, I, you know, I'm like, like it woke me up, woke my wife up and the baby. And, and I go to the front door and he's like, out. Oh, he like walked away from the front door. Cause I had to get dressed and look presentable a little bit. And the guy's like, Hey, I know we're, you know, and I, I don't, I'm sorry if you're a morning person. I'm not a morning person by any means necessary. Yeah, I mean, you could tell me you have to wake up by 5 or we're slaughtering your entire immediate and extended family on public television with a message scrolling at the bottom, this is because of Neil Lynch. And I would still wake up at like 6 or 7. I just can't wake up early. It's just not a thing for me. So this guy's all chipper and people i'm i'm jealous and envious of people that can wake up early this guy's like hey hey yeah sorry we're early we're a little early but uh
1: we'll let you get
0: let you get uh ready inside i was like uh yeah thanks like come on guy um but they were they were fast as hell quick wrapping stuff up he's like i've moved to peloton we were worried about the peloton you know we were th- we were thinking that we were gonna move it and i watched a youtube video on how to move it and it was not the kind of video that i wanted you know where it's like I'm trying to see how to disassemble this friggin' expensive ass bike and instead it's like what you want to do is you wanna you want to push down the handlebars here and that lean it back towards you and then you roll it it's like no, I don't mean I don't mean move it to another like move it on the wheels it has. I mean, how do I move it from a to b? No oh, brother, but no, they were just like quick as hell. they have that weird like garbage bag material that just doesn't break. it's like hefty. Why are you not using this shit? Every garbage bag I've ever used rips and tears, and I have to like haul it haul ass to the to the can in order to like make sure it doesn't go everywhere, and we got raccoon you know extravaganza happening in our living room (sighs) that wednesday and thursday were were pushed me to the limit i walked along the razor's edge and uh i mean it was you know it was eight i mean the the big movers moving the big stuff they were down by like 12 they were done before one and then it was just all this other small Shit, that had to go, and it was it was all day Wednesday, eight a to eleven p on Wednesday, all day Thursday, eight a to eleven p, moving, 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 and then you know Friday, I I pretty much napped hard, and it was like, hey, what's really good for your severe bronchitis Thursday night? It was like the last thing we're doing on Thursday night, which I you know, again I have to give a crazy amount of kudos and praise to my wife because it was like she i i tapped out at 11 she's still going till like 12 1 2 in the morning just doing little things that i don't think anyone else would think to do but she wanted to make sure that this thing went through and there were no complaints zero complaints and they weren't but thursday night as we're trying to like the last remaining things out of the house which is like the food and the cats like the cats i mean i told you before like we've moved three or four times five times these motherfucking cats have goddamn breakdowns freak out the one i mean i think i i mean i didn't mention it here but the one time we moved from allendale the house we were renting in allendale to the the house where we bought in wayne our dream house that we saw ourselves in for the next 30 years (laughs) um the one fat cat the orange tabby that we call Little kitty, a.k.a. Gus Gus, a.k.a. Trump, because he's orange, leapt. This this is a fat-ass cat. This cat leapt, jumped from the second floor. I think it went on the second floor railing down the stairwell, all the way down the stairwell, and, like, I think it tweaked its knee. You know? You can't be that fat and be doing, like, I mean, there's so few fat guys and girls that can be athletic and do athletic shit. Tony Gwynn, Warren Sapp, you know <laughs> what's his name from the from the patriots i forget his fucking name but Vince wolfwork like this fat cat does not get a lot of exercise eats a lot and is lazy as hell so it's it like we had to go to the the vet we had to go to the veterinarian's office late at night to get an emergency checkup on this this cat's knee and the, and the vet's like i don't even think it has knees <laughs> I think the knees have been uh, were gone, went away like a long time ago. It's like in Wall E, like so far in the future the, the, where humans don't do anything, and so they you look, They did an X-ray of the humans in like twenty the year twenty five hundred or whatever, and like they have no skeletal system. There's there's no bones. It's just all fat. That's little kitty. Um. So and it my point being, the, getting these cats like it takes hours. I remember the first time we did it. I gave up halfway through. I was like, "This is fucking ridiculous." We're trying to move from Cassie's Hoboken apartment to the apartment apartment in Weehawken, it and it took her like two hours. And uh, and so I don't even I don't even bother with it now. And I remember getting in the car, turning to burr, and I was like, "I get over under an hour." And literally two minutes later, my wife my wife walked out with both cats. I was like, "Damn, we're getting good at this." well, you're getting good at this. I'm just uh, not helping. But before we got the cats and the food, we had to like dust and sweep the garage in the basement, which the basement's not finished. And that was like one of the things that probably haunted me the most about this house was like, I had big plans for this house. This house was like, I saw an unfinished basement. I'm like, that's going to be a finished basement when we get the money. I'm going to see, all right, I can see our kids playing down here. And then in high school, they invite their friends over and drink beers and try to hide the beers all over the basement like so many kids did. You know, my my friends did. I didn't do it because I was a loser, but uh, still a loser, by the way. No change. And so I was like, I'm visioning like, you know, finished basement or maybe even, you know, I don't want to say man cave, but like I can go, you know, people can just go down there and hang out get away from it all the garage i was like that garage there's like an upstairs kind of attic area but like if we
1: clean it up a little
0: bit i can see the kids like going there and maybe sleeping there or just getting away from it all or like it could be a living space and we could even rent it out i mean just like crazy nonsense ideas like that but none of that happened so we had an unfinished basement and a garage that was just like disgusting i mean just like paint chipping i mean there was a whole community of spiders just like a church of spiders praying uh while we're we're trying to like you know clean it up and make it presentable to the buyers and uh not you
1: know
0: here's where my brain doesn't work severe bronchitis and we're sweeping and i'm not sweeping with a huge broom i'm sweeping with a normal like dustpan broom (laughs) like a small broom there's dust going everywhere Meanwhile, five feet away in our car is a mask, the mask that we wear for coronavirus.
1: Which that's another thing. We did a lot of takeout, drive throughs delivery, and people are
0: making fun of people online about wearing your mask in the car. But when you get drive through and you put your window down and the fast food workers at friggin' Chick-fil-A or Wendy's, or Dunkin', or wherever, are wearing the mask, Taco Bell. Do I need to then put the, I feel like an idiot or an asshole not putting the the mask on, you know? It's like from Seinfeld. You must wear the ribbon. You must wear the mask. It's like, eh. So, I've, you know, that was kind of touch or go. But, like, there's a mask five feet away where I can just put it on and it won't. I won't, like, make my inflamed lungs Flamier, but I didn't, and so you know, swept the entire garage, inhaled so much dust, and of course, that we have our the our daughter with us, which was, uh, you know, probably a huge mistake, <laughs> trying to have a daughter whose bedtime is at like eight, who's used to a bath and books being read to her, and it's now like eleven thirty at night. And she's just, I mean, it's just like cannot stop whining and crying and probably has like the chafiest of chafed taints, you know, just red and angry down, downstairs down below. And is just trying to figure out what the hell is going on, mom and dad. So she's in, she's just walking into clouds of dust and inhaling dust. and <laughs> We're all just inhaling dust in the basement, in the garage. And uh, so that wasn't, so Friday was just like, oh, I'm, I have a headache and I can't breathe. And it's just uh, all downhill. And then we had a socially distanced barbecue on Saturday, which the, new, the neighbors here, the new townhouse place are fantastic. Uh, you know, I think they're great. I, the, the, we've had more people approach us and introduce themselves or just say, say hi or wave or smile than we did in the friggin' two- plus years that we're at our house in that one neighborhood um and we got invited to a socially distanced memorial day weekend barbecue where it's like everyone's six feet apart uh and you know we're throwing you know drinks at each other and it was just nice to to talk and talk it out and uh enjoy each other's company and then one day uh you know i had off and got to relax a little bit, try to catch up on all the work emails and slacks and stuff. And it's like, you know, everything looks like it went all right. Tuesday, have a talk with the manager and I'm like, hey, how did everything go? Oh, everything went smooth. And then I find out from someone else by looking at their timesheet that something happened and then just was all downhill from there. Just snowball effect. Like all these important conversations (laughs) happened while I was out. And it's like, what is it about May me taking time off in may that really just like is the is is the green light for my employers to just have multiple important conversations without me where like i'm like trying to they're trying to figure out how to replace me it's like hey why don't you take time off neil well it's because the plan that's when the scheming starts so uh but then you know then again i'm paranoid and neurotic so whatever uh so, yeah, and, you know, stress, all-time high. That's probably the most stressful time of my life. Thought I had coronavirus, instead had severe bronchitis, moved with a child, no, no childcare. Hot damn. I don't wish that upon a lot of people. And uh, we probably have to do it again in, like, 18 months, which we're looking at places to go. And one of the places I'll just say this, not great for a Giants and Mets fan. <laughs> so not sure if I wanna wanna go there. Um, if you haven't figured it out, maybe this will help you figure it out. Oh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia has been renewed for a record fifteenth season. Um, I see no reason if they still want to do it. I see right no reason why they shouldn't renew it for 16 17 18 19 20. i would love to see them to make it to 20 seasons and you know people have been critical of the past few seasons i i you know i i've never had to turn it off i've always been into it and i've always laughed. so it's rare to rare to say that these days um oh yeah the car wouldn't start so amidst all this I totally forgot to run my car because i didn't know when you don't run your car for two months that the battery just decides to take a nap and go into hibernation so i get in my car to go like go do something and just like not even close to starting and so then i have this like this googaloo thing that we got that's actually a heaven send you should check it out i'm I'm butchering the name but like googaloo (laughs) battery charger just this little like brick looking thing and it works like a charm but then of course i take the thing off and it's like won't start again so i'm like oh i just had to drive around with this battery charger clipped on and then my wife's like uh just let it run for half an hour and then of course i google it and it's like don't let it run for half an hour you actually have to drive it so of course i take it out and i'm like all right well i'll go get some gas yeah, i'll go uh you know run, I'll i'll go drive to uh, I'll drive to the new place, just check it out. And so I drive the new place and I'm like, well, my tires are kind of, you know, always goddamn empty and flat. So I'll just go get tires filled. And of course, while I'm getting my tires filled, didn't bring a mask, didn't wear the mask while I'm filling my tires. And of course a lady pulls up right next to me and she's filling her tires. And then we just happen to at the same time, make a move towards the same side of the car and I'm like, oh, maybe that's how I got goddamn coronavirus was just not thinking. So yeah, pro tip, start like start your car and drive it every they say 2 weeks. Whew. Um American Psycho was released 20 years ago. That's that is just like nuts to me. Um WWE has been deemed essential in Florida. I'm going to resume live shows. Oh, my God. In Living Color premiered 30 years ago. Kick-Ass came out 10 years ago. Where does the time go? So um, with everything that's going on, and I don't know if I teased this, but with everything going on, I wanted to review Just Mercy. Uh, I did get to see it back when you had to pay for it. Now. Um, warner media which uh i'm a company man transparency i work i work for a subsidiary or a company under the warner media umbrella they've uh they've made just mercy available for free um it's a story of defense attorney brian stevenson i believe who uh went to harvard graduated from harvard with a law degree um and instead of going to like a big law firm where he can earn tons of money he decided to represent
1: um unjustly fight injustice so he would he would defend
0: people that he thought were wrongfully convicted or arrested or what have you for free pro bono i believe but there was like a defense fund or something that he would get money for just so he could you know make ends meet um i wasn't able uh, i don't know if i can give a full review now because i didn't i just ran out of time i was like all right we're going on four hours of research for this show maybe i should like you know just flip on the mic and get to talking uh but uh, full review maybe next week maybe in the next couple of days but i will say uh, when the, when i first saw the trailers for this movie um so Michael B. Jordan plays Brian Stevenson, and I thought he did a tremendous job. I've been kind of on the fence with Michael B. Jordan. You know, I had uh, big uh, expectations for him. I thought the Killmonger role in Black Panther was going to be, like, his breakout role. And I shouldn't say breakout role because he... I mean, I saw him in Creed, and he was amazing. So I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Not breakout role. But I thought that would be take him to, like, another level. You know, he's already at a pretty... He's, like pretty much a list but he that would be like he's now above like Denzel and Cruz and he above all those people I thought Killmonger he was gonna give us like a Heath Ledger esque performance um, when Heath Ledger was the Joker took it to another level I think he won a fucking Oscar for it and so I, I people were hyping Killmonger his care Killmonger character in Black Panther that I was like so hyped for it so um I will say I am now a Michael B. Jordan fan, um, full on. I was kind of, I guess I was on the fence before this, but, like, his performance as Brian Stevenson was was awesome. Um, but Jamie Foxx as Walter McMillan, which uh, <laughs> wasn't actually, they called him, like, Joe or something like that in the movie. He had a nickname, Joe. Jamie Foxx was awesome. Um, so I definitely recommend checking that out. My wife was crying the entire time which was uh it was like a it was not like not like like a strong heavy sobbing but just like a nice stream going the entire time and uh surprisingly i don't think i cried i teared up a couple times but i didn't cry but uh, still very emotional powerful movie uh brie larson is in it um that dude who i always criticize what's his name he was like the bad guy in, in Jurassic world lost dominion or wherever the fuck it was called. And, uh, I had some harsh words for him in that review that I wrote on my blog, which
1: you can check out. Um, uh, and yeah, so just mercy, big old thumbs up. Um, I also got to see invisible man, which I hope to do a
0: review of that soon. Of course, uh, the the kicker there was that I, you know, in a previous episode, I was like, I'm never, these home premieres are stupid. Who's going to pay $20 to rent a movie? That doesn't make any sense. I can never, ever see myself doing that. I will, blah, blah, I will do this
1: insert absurd thing if I get the home premiere. And of course, <laughs> we had a friend over. Who was it? Was it Lindsay?
0: I think it was Cassie's sister. And they were like, "You want to write it?" And they were like, "Yeah." And I was just like, ah, "I just, I kind of made a, I kind of made a promise to myself that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't partake in the home premiere." And now I am, and I feel like I'm breaking a solemn vow, and I'm trying to prove a point to the studios that you can't do that. And they were like, "No, Neil, shut the fuck up." Um. So, uh, I guess I'll tease this for the next episode. How about that? The next episode, I'm thinking it might be a monster movie, not monster movies, but like a mega movie extravaganza. I think I've done that before, but while I run down all the movies that I caught in this hiatus, this May hiatus, May hiatus that I had. So I, you know, a little teaser, Just Mercy I saw. I'll review that Invis The Invisible Man, uh, home premiere, God damn it, with, um, Elizabeth Moss who gave a, a, an amazing performance. Um, I also review, eh, I don't know if I'll do First Blood. There's some cool trivia behind First Blood, which I've never seen before. And I got skewered on the group chat when I was like, hey, I saw First Blood for the first time, and they were like, hey, you're out of the group chat. I'm like, okay, bye. Um, I'll also review The Gentleman uh, next go round, hopefully. That's uh, written directed by Guy Ritchie, who did Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and The Man from UNCLE, which is underrated. Um, and I also, I mean, that just a shit ton of movies. So I don't even know if I'll be able to fit it all in the next episode. Banana Split, which is kind of a indie movie. I don't even know if it was going to be released in theaters. I don't know that there are a lot of names you would recognize in it. But a pretty good, you know, if you if are if your lady um is looking for something to watch that isn't an action movie and 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 you can stomach rom coms. Banana split, pretty good. What's his name from uh, Riverdale's in it? Riverdale is a show about teens based on the Archie comics. Dylan Sprouse. He's one of the he's he was the kid who's one of one of two twins. <laughs> one of twins who was the kid in Big Daddy. That's how f- fucking old I am. This is a grown-ass man in a movie. yeah, yeah, aye. aye, aye. Uh, also, Bad Boys for Life caught that. And, um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn saw that. Um, I caught Extraction. And then on Netflix, I caught Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. Who is so close to being like the next? I feel like the next, like
1: Schwarzenegger or Stallone.
0: We're like, you have The Rock, obviously,
1: who is able to do what he'd do, but you don't have that, like that bona fide action star.
0: Like Stallone had Schwarzenegger. I feel like The Rock needs Hemsworth. I don't know. Pretty good movie though, uh, and then the Lovebirds, which I was, I was gonna do a most anticipated movies post, uh, you know, for twenty twenty back in December I think, or even early January, and the Lovebirds was on my list because it has uh, Issa Rae from Insecure on HBO, and then and then Kumail Nanjiani from Love Sick and Stuber, a movie that I reviewed in a previous episode that I liked that thought was just so close to being, could be a comedy classic, you know, kind of like a midnight run vibe to it. The lovebirds. uh, Given my current status and everything, all the stress that we've had to endure, my wife and I, the relationship has become, you know, a bit frayed. And I, I mean I, that's only natural. And um and if you and if you're in a relationship and your relationship isn't frayed and you're a parent, Godspeed, I don't know how you do it, but
1: especially with a a small human who is who is just waltzing,
0: strolling into the terrible twos. Just like here I am,
1: everybody. Um So, uh, the lovebirds, I liked, I don't think it would have done that great at the box office, but there were, there were a couple
0: like really good laugh out loud scenes. Um, and then I also finally caught Rise of Skywalker. So if you listen to previous episodes, I went like pretty, I was pretty miffed, steamed, if you will, that. These all these streaming services are rental where you can rent online, Fandango Now, Redbox, Vudu, you name it, would offer Rise of Skywalker for every possible,
1: you could rent or buy it for every possible resolution, except you can't rent it in 4K.
0: You could buy it in 4K, you could rent it in 1080, you can rent it in 480 and all that garbage but you could not rent in 4K and then Disney Plus was like hey check this out we're going to release it on Disney Plus for free and I was just like thank the almighty and uh yeah I'll give my full review in the next episode but I guess if I have to send a tweet I I mean it's going to be a spoiler but I mean it's been so long all the spoilers have been out
1: there for a while is it a good end to this trilogy mm. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, so that's a lot of movies to go through. Holy crap, dude. How many? One, two, three-ish, four-ish, five, six, seven, eight,
0: nine, ten. That should be a fun episode. If you like movies like I like movies. Um, And then TV, you know, TV, I've watched so much fucking TV that I just don't even know if I'll ever get to all of it.
1: I mean, that episode alone, the TV episode, if I do like a TV-only episode, yikes.
0: F is for family, McMillions, Mr. Robot, Westworld, Dave, Tiger King, Too Hot to Handle, The Last Dance, Dead to Me
1: Season 2, Living With Yourself Season 1.
0: <laughs> I mean, I could do a whole episode on The Last Dance Alone. So stay tuned for that, I guess. I mean, we're at the point now where it's like everyone's talked it to death. So I expect like like Neil's going to come up with some kind of really scorching hot take that's never been heard before. But nope, that's probably not going to happen. All right, so let's talk Mets.
1: The you know, the state of the franchise. We're just getting yo yoed all over the place at this point. You know, A Rod and J
0: Lo are in. a A Rod and J Lo are out. A Rod and J Lo are back in. You know, and the, it's just just buy the goddamn team already. And if you if you wonder what kind of organization or fran- uh, the Mets are, there was that news item. This is not recent. This was like. Maybe last week, a minor leaguer. So the minor leaguers are really, since this coronavirus thing has happened in the league, the the seasons have been suspended. The minor leaguers, I mean, the major leaguers are getting hosed by the owners who refuse to give them their due pay. The minor leaguers are really screwed where they're just getting, there's just hardly any pay there whatsoever. It's like the equivalent of being unemployed, which I guess, what they say, 25% of people
1: are unemployed? Jesus, 41 million, I think. Did I hear that? Whew. And, and somehow I'm not one of them. I, I probably will be very soon, <laughs> given what's going on at
0: work, but uh, uh, shoes on the other foot. Ah, Jesus, Neil. Um, So a minor leaguer who was released by the Mets was like, ah, finally, now I can get, rip into you via uh, a notes a notes screenshot on instagram or twitter i forget which but uh he ripped into the mets organization um criticizing them for signing team tebow <sighs> from a business standpoint i think i understand it you know if your minor league sick, t- sick uh, ticket sales are slumping bring in someone like tebow As ticket sales go up there's more attention more merch more money more revenue but then you someone who might be more deserving of that spot loses their roster spot totally get that and a lot of people said it's a it's a stunt
1: and it was you know but there was an outside chance there's an outside chance that
0: he's touched by the hand of god like he was in that one season in that one playoff game in the nfl was it 2011 and just goes off and, and somehow makes, makes it makes to the majors. And I mean, can you imagine if he made it to the majors? Wow. What that would have been like. Oof. Um. So he ripped the organization for that, but then he also rip rips them for their toxic culture. And I I mean, I, I have to, you know, he, it sounds like the ramblings or the rant of a, a bitter, you know, a bitter partner after a split after a divorce talking shit about their former lover from our partner but i almost have to agree with them you know given everything that's happened and given what they do to their players and you know i think uh if you if you follow we gotta believe the uh the um podcast mets podcast from kfc and clem i mean they have a whole they did a whole like March Madness tournament of painful Mets memories. I think the SNY did it and maybe the fan did it as well. I mean, there's like take your pick, there's been well over sixty-four painful, just stupid mind-boggling moves by this organization. Um I think what his specific example was uh something going on with his arm, or he's just coming back from Tommy John, or he's just coming back from an injury. He pitches in a game. Minor league double A game, um, and is immediately flown after the game to across the country to a game where he's asked to pitch that night or the next day. And it was just like, they just the organization just mistreats its minor league players, mistreats its players. You know, there was a classic example of like letting Ryan Church fly cross country with a concussion, which is like a major no no red flag. Um, so this is nothing new, but hopefully, you know, with new ownership, they could hopefully imp- implement some changes that, you know, changes how they operate. Just be a big market ball club <laughs> that knows what they're doing. Um, I think, as I mentioned in the intro, I've been watching a lot of old Mets games. So, like, uh, the 2000, N- 2000 NLDS game four, uh against the the giants so i i remember i in a previous episode i was talking about how game i think it was game the clinching game of game five of nlcs 2000 nlcs versus the cardinals when mike hampton put on a goddamn show people forget and i'm one of those people i definitely forgot 2000 was kind of hazy for me i mean it was college it was the fall uh you know i was you know i 19 still not 20 as a junior try to wrap your head around that and you know hanging out with freshmen in the freshman dorms because there was a freshman girl who was actually older than me <laughs> who I was trying to uh woo I guess obviously did not work and um so yeah that was just a uh, so that was hazy a lot of 40s floating around but Bobby Jones. Wow, dude. That game four, eight of nine innings were perfect. So I think it was like maybe the first inning, he allowed some shit to go on, but then eight perfect innings. Bobby Jones. For some reason, flash in the pan comes into my mind, but I don't I don't view him as a flash in the pan. I mean, I honestly, obviously wish that he put up you know he was able to put up more than a few seasons of uh, of good numbers, but if you if you haven't watched, I think it was a YouTube premiere, so uh, it might be they might have archived it on YouTube. But if not, try and try and try and dig and search for it because uh, if you're into pitching like I'm into pitching, that Bobby Jones performance is one of the all times, and uh, holy shit, if he threw a perfect game in the in the playoffs for the Mets. Mets hadn't had a no hitter yet. We I mean still technically don't have a no hitter because I you know. It's the eighth anniversary of Yo of Johan Santana's no hitter, the Nohan I <sighs> just uh, I don't know. Kind of bittersweet. Anyway, I watched the Mets uh, another I think this was another YouTube premiere. I watched the Mets clinch the nineteen eighty eight NL East. And uh I think it was against the Phillies. By the way, those 80s, the, like, 80s Phillies uniforms. Interesting color combination scheme. And uh, even though I, I hate Philadelphia and, and the Filthies, um, I don't know, something about that look. Kind of groovy, man. Anyway, this was, like, the beginning of the Greg Jeffries era. I hate to use the word era because it's, like, he was only there for a few years, but... He was, I guess he might have been 19 in 87, which was his, technically his first year where he had statistics, but I think his first rookie year was 88 maybe when he was 20. Anyway, um, there was a, I mean, I kind of really liked Greg Jeffries because, I mean, I was what, 7, 8, 9 when he started to hit his stride. And I remember reading an article about his dad would have him swing uh, like a bat underwater. And so we had a pool in the backyard. And so I would go back with like a wiffle bat and I'd go, on the, go underwater in the pool and swing the bat. And um, I guess it helped me. I don't know. Didn't become a pro. But um, man, that Gre- the Greg Jeffries saga. Let me see if I can scroll down and if I pasted anything here. I mean, basically, what happened with with Jeffries was, uh, he was fucking hated in the clubhouse because he was this young upstart rookie who didn't act like a rookie, and that's just a no go, especially in the in '80s baseball culture. '80s, you know, locker rooms, clubhouses, you just you need to take your lumps as a rookie, and and Jeffries refused to do it, and so he would get, you know, he needed his own, he wouldn't want his bat to be with like the other. Players' bats. I mean, the, the, it was a New York Por- Post article, so um, definitely do like New York Post Greg Jeffries search, and it should pop up. But you'll see, like, he would get shit from like Hernandez, McDowell, uh, just about everyone, from top to bottom. All the veterans were just like hated this guy because he just did. He didn't. He didn't. Con- he didn't conform. But the the I think the the theme of the article was like if Greg Jeffries played in today's game like none of that would have been an issue. None of what he did would would have been an issue. And so they interviewed him. And I guess this was the first time that Jeffries has speaked out on it, sp- spoken about it. And he's like, yeah, bygones are bygones, I deserved a lot of it. And I was also a young kid who whose best friend was his dad. So my dad had a huge influence over me. And um, I think, you know, even the guys that, were hounding him and like you know hated him then were saying yeah it was unjust it was not fair of us to to be so hard and difficult on greg um and then of course he went to the phillies and he did Did you go to the royals first and then the phillies or phillies and the royals but he was out he went he was done by like third age 30 so he had so much promise and i guess he just did, petered out maybe due to injuries i'm not i'm not sure um, but that was interesting to watch cause it's like, here's this guy who could steal bases and is fast and is a switch hitter and, um, never hit for power, but had a shit ton of doubles. And if you look at like his stats on baseball com, um, he's a double machine. And like, if he, yeah, that was another part of the article was like, well, if he adjusted his launch angle, um, he would have hit way more home runs, and then maybe he would be more valued as an asset? I don't know, dude. Uh, 86 Mets versus Astros, that championship series, that was fun to watch. Those 86 Mets, dude. I mean, I even the 88 Mets. I mean, the 88 Mets lost to the Dodgers and the NLC, NLCS, I think it was. But you look at the 87 Mets, they should have gone to the playoffs. You look at the 89 Mets, they should have gone to the playoffs. You look at the 90 Mets, they should have gone to the playoffs in the current playoff format system. Back then it was like, I think it was top two, you know, NL East winner, NL West winner. You go to the championship series and then World Series. So there was no wild card. There was no division series whatsoever. But if there were, I mean, look at the 99, 2000 Mets they're not getting in in the old system. They'll play on a format and the fucking 2000 Mets went to the World Series. So um goddamn, what if, right? I was I was I was going to put together like I mean the Mets, the 80s Mets were a dynasty. I know you can't throw the D word on some team that only won once and and many people say they shouldn't even won that one World Series against the Red Sox. But I'm throwing the dynasty tag on them. I mean they were they were so good and they would have made the playoffs every year. And when you're in, who knows what happens. So, um, But that Mets-Astros series was interesting because it's like fucking Nolan Ryan is my age, still throwing heaters. And then you, uh, uh, the Astros just had a bunch of big, lumpy pitchers who threw gas, like just big, oaf-looking motherfuckers. And then you have Lenny Dykstra... Who a young Lenny Dykstra, just like cocky as fuck. Um, even Keith, like looking at Keith and his approach to the game and, and what he did. Um, they had Aguilera, I think at that point, Ronnie Darling, Wally Backman, Tuffle, Santana, Elster, Hojo, Knight, Mookie, Kevin Mitchell, Straw, and like Danny Heap, which I totally forgot about Danny Heap. That was like a I just I, I remember. Seeing his name on some rosters, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Danny Heap," and like he had some crucial hits against the Astros. A lot of come from behind wins, late inning, extra inning wins. Never say die attitude. Um,
1: watched like uh, a bunch of games from the '86 World Series against the Red Sox. Um, that like the game six when I think. The Rocket Roger Clemens started
0: at the age of like what 21 22 something like that and was just mowing batters down and then we somehow k- kept clawing and fighting against like Stan Stanley and whoever Chiraldi or whoever that was in extras and we're so familiar with the Mookie Wilson uh, uh little bouncer down the line from by the way Vin Scully Jesus Christ Dodgers fans you're so goddamn lucky to have him commentating every game for some reason. I like, I actually liked Tim McCarver when I was young, and I know it's like sacrilege, it's a sin to say, but um, I don't know, I just liked McCarver. I just liked the sound of his voice, and I don't think he was as, maybe as much of a doofus. Maybe with when he got older, he just started to lose it, and just like, you know, yeah. um, you know, you watch like Pat Summerall and John Madden like in the '80s, and it was like that was like peak. They were just on point. And then, like, they get into the 90s, and it's just like, ugh. um, <clears throat> I think the same can be said for McCarver. I don't know. I liked McCarver. I liked him a lot. And then, I don't know, he just became – I think once he did that thing to Dion, he was, like, he was on the outs for me. Which, you know, at that time, people were, like, taking his side over Dion's, and it's just uh, another case of the white man, the black man. Okay. Um, But that – we're so used to Mookie's – just seeing that clip of Mookie swinging and the little bouncer down the line, it gets by Buckner. Like, we're so used to seeing that. We didn't, we didn't see, we're not used to like that hole at bat. That hole at bat was insane. Like, Mookie battling, fighting the wild pitch where Mitchell scores, Kevin Mitchell scores to tie the game. And then, you know, I mean, fighting foul ball after foul ball. And it, it really was, uh, because i just watched they just released mookie's best moments on youtube and uh i mean it was not all encompassing and they, they 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 do this on on youtube where it's like the best the greatest the top and then they only include certain things that they have like the actual footage for <laughs> cuz i'm sure there was a bunch of you know great moments and plays i mean people forget and me especially I think it was in that game six game where I forget who hits it, but Mookie's in left because Dykstra's in center. And I think Jim Rice is coming around third and Mookie like on the fly, laser beam frozen rope to, to Carter to end the inning
1: when the Red Sox were already up, I think three, two. Um, I mean, just huge so uh yeah a lot of a lot of nostalgia the uh the 98 uh mike
0: piazza's debut so that was i think memorial day weekend i watched that 98 game when they were playing the brewers um that 98 squad was interesting uh but piazza had had the i think the double extended into a triple scored 3 runs or something like that and like Jerry Seinfeld was in attendance um so that was fun to watch we had we had like Brian McRae Bernard Gilkey Butch Husky as her outfield
1: and then uh Ordonez Olrued Alfonso and fucking Bayerga, I think. Yeah. And maybe Lighter was on the bump.
0: God damn! I really wish that team won a World Series. Or Lighter, Lighter and
1: Piazza, I think they they deserved one. Um. I won't subject you to that. How about this little little bait clickbait article? Are Michael Conforto's
0: Mets days numbered? If he puts up more big numbers in 2020, the Mets could be could put a big asking price on a trade package next winter because of revenue losses. Expect more non-tenders than ever on of arbitration-eligible players. I mean, that might as well be in Mandarin Chinese. Conforto is too talented to be non-tender, but if the financially challenged Wilpons cannot sell the franchise, which they're so bad they can't even do that. Could this hasten a trade of Conforto in the offseason as the Mets veer towards a less expensive 2021 outfield of J.D. Davis, Brandon Nimmo, and Jeff McNeil?
1: What? That just seems like so far-fetched to me that I'm not buying that. Um,
0: I mentioned the last dance earlier. I was hoping to review it in this episode, but uh, probably has to wait till the next one or maybe even the one after that. Um, but I do think they need to make a last dance doc about the 86 Mets. The only problem is it's not the last dance. Cause that team had 87, 88, 89, and 90 pretty much
1: as a unit, as a group together. I mean, for that run, you, you had, you pretty much had, except for 90, you know, Keith, Carter, Straw, um, Mookie, Lenny, Ronnie, Backman, Hojo. Oh, boy. That would be fun. They, they have to do it. They have to. Those
0: guys are getting old enough now where it's like it doesn't matter what the fuck they, they've done or did.
1: It has to come out at some point. It has to. Um, I just don't know who would be the Jordan... Like, it obviously wouldn't be because he didn't have that one player that was the Michael Jordan that kind of carried the team, really. I don't know. I would love to hear from Doc and Daryl. I mean, obviously, they had their issues.
0: Um, it's so funny. Like, Doc and Daryl with Gary Carter. <laughs> and then
1: Dykstra and Backman. What? What a crazy, crazy ass team. I mean, and, and the the pitching rotation, Doc Ronnie, Sid, Ojeda. Who's the fifth? I feel like I'm, I'm leaving out
0: someone very important. Um, but then in the in the bullpen, My, Myers, McDowell, Orozco. I need to rewatch the '88 NLCS. I know it's. I know we didn't win it, but I need to
1: rewatch it because I feel like it's the it, 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 like I like pain. <laughs> um. So
0: there have been a lot of proposals thrown around by by Major League Baseball, and it, I don't. I don't know. Now, it, there are conflicting messages about like, oh, there's, you know, one guy is saying that there's no confidence that there's going to be a season. There's another guy saying pretty confident. There's at least going to be a 50 game season, which is kind of like, but
1: there is one proposal where uh, I, I like it a lot and I think they should do it. And I think it follows a little bit of like the NBA format, maybe Eastern conference, Western conference, but um,
0: in the one proposal, who's this from?
1: Is this Barstool?
0: Yeah. I mean, Barstool didn't initially report it, but that's where I saw it. No American League or, N- or National League. And the East, I guess, division, you'd call it, would be Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles, Phillies, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, Marlins. I, d- I don't know what the fuck the Pirates are doing in there, but why not? Um, Yeah. That should be like a full-time thing. I think that's awesome. I think that really uh I think that would be huge cuz like interleague we only see the Red Sox occasionally here and there
1: you know I really think Mets Red Sox would be would be cool to watch um Phillies Red Sox obviously Mets Yankees Phillies, Yankees, Nats, Orioles. I wish that was, like, better. I don't feel like that's ever a thing. There's also a
0: simulated season, like BaseballReference.com has a simulated season from Out of the Park Baseball. I haven't checked this simulation in a while. Um, the only thing I've seen going forward is that the Pilonzo leads the league in home runs with 21 back when i checked it before uh it turns out that steven matz and rick porcello were actually like top 10 pitchers steven mats was like ninth in war porcello and mats was two and three in era mats was third in whip porcello was sixth it's like
1: hmm, interesting and of course degrom was degrom uh Conforto, Nimmo, McNeil, and Alonzo were offensive leaders, which leads me to believe that Cano
0: actually died on the field due to his uh, road beef, as they call it, his side pieces storming the field and beating him to death with cork bats injected with steroids. I don't know. <laughs> so that's Mets. <laughs> uh, yeah. The New York Metros. <sighs> I mean, I, I, I still think July 4th, I know I've said it so many times, I'm a broken record, but July 4th, I really think it's going to happen. I know there was that fake message that said, Oh yeah, June, we're going to have a, an abbreviated spring training two, three weeks. And then, uh, the league starts July 10th or something like that. Um, if the owners could get their heads out of their asses, it's billionaires versus millionaires. It's like, whose side you're going to take? I guess you're going to take the side of the millionaires. I mean, you've already lost so much money now are you, are you willing to lose a lot more money and also like drive drive the the divide between you and your players even more? Let's mm. make it happen, capn um, so let's talk giants to end, up, to end to round out the show uh, before
1: I give my uh unnecessary thoughts on BLM and George Floyd uh which is interesting like going back to the baseball fucking a man
0: nba has a plan nhl has a plan nhl has kind of an interesting plan devils are apparently on the outs that sucks because i feel like they were getting super hot they were like at a really nice seven and three in their last 10 or something like that seven two and one in their last 10 so i thought they were making a push late but they're out because uh I guess they're going with a 24-team playoff format, something like that, down the stretch, NHL. And then um, NBA is going to go with a 22-team format, uh, which would start at the end of July or something like that, which means that Vince Carter has played his last game. Vince, man, what a career. Love them with the Nets. The fucking Nets, man. That was one thing that the the last dance that I, I remember is like, how the fuck were the Nets making the playoffs every year with like Sean? Was it? No, not Sean Bradley. Jesus Christ. Who's the other big white guy that they had? Oh, that's going to kill me. I want to say Rick Mahorn, but that's definitely not it. um Like Kerry Kittles. I don't even know if Jason Kidd was on that 98 team. Was Derek Coleman on that '98 team? Boobly. So, um, but yeah, the NBA and NHL—they're working things out. The NFL is like supremely confident that they're gonna—they're gonna have a season, even though, even if there are no, um, no fans. By by the way, Texas is allowed to have fans. Like, if we ended up playing in the in the baseball season, like every other stadium can't state that has a team doesn't. Fans aren't allowed, but Texas can have fans in their stadium. That seems a little
1: unfair. But life isn't fair. Right? Oh boy. Um. So yeah, the baseball needs to get their act together. Like, and this is why you're losing
0: ground to soccer. Because you can't figure it out. Figure it out. Um, so let's talk giants. <laughs> uh this is kind of an interesting segue from what I was just talking about. There's a, there's a remote cheering app that could boost atmosphere in Japan's empty, empty stadiums. They kind—I of, feel like they kind of did this with the NFL draft, where they just like had a, like a gallery view zoom of a bunch of fans like screaming in the background as Goodell's like Goodelling. Um, and I think Joe Buck was saying someone was saying that they were going to pump in like fake crowd noise virtual and then have virtual fans like CGI'd into the stadium, like <laughs> fake crowd noise. And I don't, know, I don't know about piping in fake crowd noise, but it would be interesting if they could pipe in like actual real fans crowd noise, but I don't know how they would do that with um without like serious censoring. The other idea was, and I, and I think it was the next player, was saying that they should have uh, all the players mic'd up in an empty stadium. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, you want to talk about like FCC complaints out the goddamn yin yang twins, <laughs> mic up every player. I mean, yes, it would. That would be awesome. I think in base, it's in baseball. It's interesting. I remember they did it with Anthony Rizzo with the Cubs. I think they mic'd him up. Um, during the game, and that that was cool. I think it was a spring training game. Um, I cannot see that working in, like, the NBA or the NFL. I think those two. (laughs) NHL, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you're going to hear some foul, foul trash talk in an NFL game. I mean, you already hear it in a crowded stadium now, and they somehow managed to censor it. I don't know. You'd have to have, like, a delayed feed or something um the big news though Eli Eli Manning is on Twitter oh my god it's finally happened um and he came out hot and I was like wow is this gonna be Eli Manning for the rest of our days and of course no it was all a ploy it was all like a sponsored thing with like Frank's Red Hot for that charity golf event with Peyton Manning Phil Mickelson Tiger Woods and Tom Brady which I, I kind of forgot was on. And then I tuned in for like the last like presenting the check. And I was like, ah, great. Everyone's talking about it. And I missed it. Way to be Neil. But uh yeah. Eli was just tweeting to promote that charity event and to promote Frank's Red Hot, apparently. Came out firing. He had a pretty couple good tweets here and there. I think he uh yeah, he roasted or he burned Tom Brady. Had a nice little humble response to Saquon. Gave a little back and forth to Sean O'Hara. So you love to see it. Came out firing with a Jimmy Chitwood from Hoosiers quote? Oh, my goodness. And then, uh, I don't know, I've been on Twitter kind of here and there, so I don't know if he's keeping up with it. But it'd be interesting to see if he tweets it. From what I've heard, so I guess I can say this now. Maybe not. I don't know. I have a friend who married a girl whose cousin is cousins or friends with uh Zach Diassi. Uh, You know, I partied with Zach at a bachelor party in New Orleans. Awesome dude. And, you know, the word on the street is that Eli, like when you get together with him, he just does not want to talk football. He wants to talk about anything else except football. And like, we won't, I guess he won't even watch the game. So I was curious to see, like, is he going to watch Giants games and then tweet about it? But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Um, of course, that's not the top story in Giants, in the world of the New York football Giants. Top story is DeAndre Baker. So I'm very thoroughly confused by this story. And I guess this kind of ties in to what I'm going to finish on with Black Lives Matter and George Floyd. But how in the fuck do is he accused of armed robbery with his friend Quentin Dunbar at a cookout, at a barbecue? He's accused of armed robbery. Very. There's details about how he has a gun. He's brandishing the gun. He had lost $70,000 in a gambling in uh gambling or playing something at someone's house, like the day before or earlier. I mean, details about how he and Quentin parked their car a certain way so that they could escape easier after they robbed people. And this is, a, and this, I just don't understand. It's like you're rookie on a rookie contract. Yeah. It's not as great as it could be down the road. If you perform well, and then you go through free agency and, you're still making millions of dollars. And yeah, maybe you don't have all those millions of dollars right off the bat, but you still have a hefty sum of money. So losing, losing $70,000, unless you're living some kind of lavish lifestyle where you're just plowing through your your cash reserves, which, I mean, it happens with players. You buy your mom a house, you buy your buddy a Escalade. It's like, you know, it, it can go fast <laughs> if you have a huge entourage. Um, but like to lose 70,000 and then to go through armed robbery when it's like, dude, do you think you're going to get cut? Like you have three years left on your contract. (laughs) Um, so that's where it's, it's like confusing. Like why would he, what? And he like told someone else to shoot someone that was entering the party because he didn't want them to go run away and tell the police. And it's like, these are details. It's not just like, oh yeah, he, he robbed us. And it's like these, all these witnesses corroborated that that guy and that guy pointed a gun, threatening us, taking watches and cash or whatever valuables that total about around 70,000, I guess, to cover the, the loss from the gambling. And then telling someone else to kill, kill that guy that just walked in. It's just like, that's confusing, but maybe it happened. I don't know. Maybe he's that dumb, you know he doesn't have the best of reputation, uh falling asleep in meetings, being late, you know, looking sluggish and lackadaisical in the field, blowing coverage. I don't know, maybe it is true, and then the uh the lawyer comes out, his lawyer comes out and says, "Yeah, uh, charges should be dropped by the end of the week. It's like, what?" I mean, this was, there was a manhunt for him, and he had to turn himself into police because it was like, this is, you know, this is probably what happened. But then the lawyer said that Baker has an alibi because he was logged in on a Madden video game at the time of the alleged crime. I mean, I guess that's an alibi. I mean, I have not played Madden online ever. I don't play any online video games because, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm a fragile a fragile you know flower <laughs> and i can't take the abuse so uh i don't know how that works but it sounds to me like couldn't anybody just be logged in as his username couldn't that be an alibi in itself like hey i'm about to rob these fools at this barbecue this cookout um you know little joe can you like log in as me on madden so it looks like i'm playing a video game like that seems like a pretty easy thing to do unless it, like you're on twitch and like there's a camera on you and it shows you like during with a time stamp i don't know so it looks like he so now the witnesses are, are cooperating and saying and changing their testimony all of a sudden so it's like so what? They just made it all up? Like all these people got together and said, "Hey, we're going to get this dude we're going to get these two dudes arrested because we don't like them or something?"
1: Or do we think that Baker in Dunbar made a deal and cut a deal with all those
0: witnesses and was like, "Listen, I know I'm going to get I know I'm going to get paid. I will pay you guys off in installments." But then why would he go and rob them? just to pay them for their silence (laughs) it's like cannot wait for all the d and probably won't even get all the details that's what's so maddening about this this was so john maddening about this um the new york post has also been doing uh, a bunch of a series of articles on what if um which is what happens when you know there is nothing going on in the sports world you look back at the past uh nostalgia village um, and they've, the one that I latched on to was, uh, so we did, I think the last episode we did, what if the Mets, 2000 Mets signed Ken Griffey Jr. Spoiler alert, didn't, wouldn't turn out that well. Um, we might not have gotten David right, which is crazy, but, uh, the 2008 Giants, which I've talked about on previous episodes and I've blogged about on numerous websites and Uh, it's good to know that it haunts the players just as much as it haunts me that we did not go to the Super Bowl that year when we had home field goddamn advantage
1: and we beat all four championship teams uh, that year. Steelers, Cardinals, Ravens, Eagles. We had beaten
0: earlier in the year. Of course, we lost the Eagles in the divisional round. And it's all because like, what if Plaxco burris didn't shoot himself in the friggin leg wearing sweatpants at a club which i still like the, the words coming out of my mouth i still can't believe to this day sweatpants a gun tucked in your sweatpants
1: at a nightclub Ay-yi-yi. um i think this was either o'hara or
0: deal that said this but Quote, we were easily better than every team in the NFL that year, easily. I think there was Sean O'Hara. Uh, 2008 Giants players reflect on a season of dominance and regret. I mean, they were. They had Jacobs and Ward both had 1,000 yards, and then you also had Bradshaw with, like, another probably 500 yards on the ground. Um, I mean, just running all over everyone. Chris Nees said, it still haunts me. As he watched, he he ended up watching every game from the 2008 season, including the divisional loss, divisional round loss. Yeah, Eagles did not have anyone that could cover Burris or contain Burris for an entire game. I don't think. And uh, you know, even in that, I need to go back and watch that. I mean, I, I don't know if I have the in me to do it, but go back and watch that that divisional round game and see like. Where we fell short, I think there were three drives that stalled they had three turnovers, and there were a few drives that stalled in the red zone or the green the green zone as as Coughlin called it um
1: oh man, that was a rough day. I remember going to what the hell is it called by my buddy's place.
0: He lives right by the Best Buy above the Best Buy on twenty third by the path, and we went to Rogue or something like that on 25th on the west side 25th and 8th to watch the game and it was just it was just depressing and then i ended up sexting my ex girlfriend oof that was a bummer that was a bad sunday um but yeah we get past the eagles and then what the cardinals have to come to us in the championship there's no no fucking way the cardinals are winning that game in uh in East Rutherford, and then we play the Steelers in the in the Super Bowl, and uh, we had already beaten them once in the regular season. I mean, that's not a guarantee that we're going to beat them again. You know, we've seen that plenty of times where we, the roles are reversed. But yeah, with that we definitely should have won the Super Bowl that year. It's amazing though that one player can change the the
1: outlook of a season. I mean, we they keep saying we were ten and one. And I think we're 10 and 1.
0: And then we beat the Redskins, and Plaxico didn't play that, that game because he had like a hamstring issue or something like that. And then it happened. Or I guess he wasn't going to play in that Redskins game anyway because of the hamstring. And then leading into that Redskins game is when we found out. So they went at 11 and 1. They beat the Redskins, but then they lost, yeah, three of their last four, 12 and 4.
1: Not great, not great
0: going into the playoffs, and they they the players mentioned that too. They said, "Well, in two thousand seven, we finished on a high note, even though we lost the Patriots, we competed with them and we we pushed them to the edge with their starters and our starters, and then we ended up. I guess we ended up sitting our starters in that last. They said we sat our starters in that last game against Minnesota, which I think we lost. So you." You sit your starters the last week, you have an, a bye week, and then you come out without plaques against the Eagles. So, yeah, recipe for disaster. <sighs> uh, Amani Toomer called out the current Giants' rideouts. He was critical of uh, Sterling Shepard. He, he brought up an old quote that he, I guess his old coach used to say. Quote, he's hell when well, but he's sick all the time. I mean, yeah, dude. Really would love a full sixteen game season as Sterling Shepard. That would be sweet. And then he also added the golden tate. I mean, Amani Toomer just loves I mean, he's like a, he's almost like a version of a Tiki Barber. So you can imagine what that huddle must have been like back in like the in the early two thousands. Late uh yeah, like two thousand two two
1: 2002 to like two thousand six. What that huddle must have been like
0: just fucking tiki Amani,
1: plaxico
0: and jeremy shockey eli must have just been like Guh. um but uh tumor also added that golden tate is a tougher version of sterling shepherd which i mean i know concussions are a sensitive issue but like golden tate had like had to have had two concussions last year and kept playing which I'm not advocating. you should not do that, and I think it's unwise to do that, but sterling shepard was was not able to do that um so i don't I don't know and then uh he he also said that he finished by saying that um Darius Slayton has the most upside. Good thing we handed out that monster contract to Shep Ugh. so yeah. The Giants' wideouts are getting a lot of heat, and it, it's kind of deserved. You know, they've been criticized for not being able to stay healthy, for not creating separation. Um, you know, and uh, that was one of the main things heading into the draft that that people thought they needed to to pick up a wideout or two to give Daniel Jones some tools that can actually make a difference. And they ended up going with a couple of undrafted guys that have been getting some positive reviews. So, want to see about that. I also watched the uh, 1990 NFC Championship game. Rewatched that against the 49ers, and uh, you know, I think it's been a while since I've for, since I watched the full game. How about Maurice Car- Carthon dropping a sure touchdown from Dave Mecked? How about that? Could have changed the face of the game. Jeff Hosteller actually got hurt and had to leave the frigging game. It looks like he was done for the year the way he was being carried off and Matt Cavanaugh came in and looked real bad. So I can only imagine what the rest of that game must've been. And that was the third quarter, fourth quarter. But if Cavanaugh finishes that game, there's no way the giants win. So, I mean, I, you know, I was not a huge Hostetler fan cause I was such a big Phil Simms fan for so long that I didn't want Hostetler stealing the, the job from him. So it was kind of bittersweet, but uh, looking back, it's like, Good job, Haas. My goodness. You know, maybe he didn't have the accuracy that Phil did. But his ability, I mean, even when he was hurt, his ability to escape the rush and, and make plays with his legs. I mean, just like, holy macaroni, dude. And then the um the other takeaway I had was the fake punt with uh the up man, Gary Reasons, on fourth and two. I mean The balls on Bill Parcells to call that. When, you know, you could punt it right there. And then who knows? I mean, your defense has has been outstanding all year. It's one of the best defenses the Giants have ever had. I want to say it was the best defense they've ever had. Better than the 86 team. Um but my God, a fake punt on fourth and two in your own territory. And I think it is the fourth quarter. And to be honest, reasons could have scored the reasons. I mean, then you could tell he's a linebacker cause he didn't know where the hell to go. He just ran directly at the punt returner. <laughs> it's like he pointed at the punt returner and then ran directly at him. <laughs> it's like, I guess he wanted to run him over, but it's like, dude, you have so much real estate on either side of that punt returner. Just make a move. And then, and then Matt Barr, holy shit, Matt Barr, you know, Coming up so goddamn clutch. I mean, that last kick was just, just,
1: just scooched in. Um, I think he also missed a kick. I think he missed a kick or two. No, he missed. He missed one kick, but it was like a, It was. It was not. You know. It wasn't
0: a. Uh, I mean. You know. I'm sitting here having never kicked a field goal in my damn life saying it's easy but he missed what is considered by many to be an easy field goal so that wasn't a, that wasn't a sure thing that he was going to hit that game winner um i like pleasure spiked with pain it's my aeroplane so i watched the emmett smith game if you're not familiar this was the uh it was a 1993 regular season game but it took place in january 94 and it was uh, it was not the full game. It was just highlights. And uh, goddamn man, I mean, what a goddamn performance by Emmett Smith! But the Giants had their opportunities and just uh, like let it slip away. So it stinks because I really do think if the Giants win that game, they uh, they have a buy, so they can rest up and uh, lick their wounds a little bit, and then um, I believe. They play a home game in the divisional round, and they don't have to go to San Francisco and get their asses handed to them by the 49ers. So I was just thinking about, I found an old post I did for NFL Spin Zone that was, uh it was, what if the Giants had signed Chris Carter in 1990? So apparently uh Buddy Ryan... Carter was with the Eagles and Buddy Ryan didn't didn't like uh couldn't handle him said that he had too many off the field issues and said all he does is catch touchdowns. And Bill Parcells was like you get yeah. on you need to come to Giant Stadium right now as soon as he heard that news and they were fully prepared to sign him and then the, cuz the Vikings had a worse record or something like that they uh scooped him up but can you imagine Chris Carter on the Giants um that 93 season would have been a little different. So and I, I also, in that article, I said that Bill Parcells wouldn't have left, which is a very bold statement. It's like you win in 90, and it's like you just signed this Chris Carter who, like, he did he did okay in 90. But, like, is that enough for you to stick around for more years? I don't know. Um, Victor Cruz, this is a kind of an old news item, but Victor Cruz says the Giants' boat trip uh, photo will haunt him for the rest of his life. A lot of haunting going on. Giants players now that there's like not a whole lot of sports going on it's like we're just gonna look back at the past and and relive just haunting performances um yeah dude I mean if you don't go on that trip do you win that game I don't know I mean the wide receivers had a ton of drops and it's one thing if they had a bye week and they go on the bye week and then Uh, you know, go to Green Bay and then, and after a bye week, maybe that's one thing, but going game week is another thing, I think. And Victor Cruz, even though he was not, you know, I think what is he? He was 30 at the time, 29, 30 years old. He is the veteran guy of that group, and he could very easily just say, Hey, let's take it easy. Um, and you know that was a game that they had a ton of drops, especially in the first half. And I, 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 I'm, I think I, I blocked out and blacked out that game from my memory because I, I just don't want to relive it. But uh, I watched a compilation on YouTube of like all the drops that the Giants had, and it was egregious, dude. Beckham dropped a touchdown. Shepard dropped a touchdown. Shepard dropped a first down. OBJ dropped a first down. I mean. Who knows? They score the touchdown there, they score the touchdown there, they get a first down there, maybe they score another touchdown, and it's like we don't lose by fucking 20 some odd points. We had such a good defense that year, too. Such a good defense, and the offense
1: just could not get their fucking shit together. Hmm. I also watched uh Daniel Jones top high school highlights. Uh
0: he looks the same as he does now. It's like so bizarre to me. I mean, I remember watching like Tony Romo's high school highlights and I'm like, ah, oh, look at Romo. I mean, you can kind of see he has the same throwing motion and whatnot, but it's like you can tell it's just like so high school. Daniel Jones looked like a professional in high school. He just didn't look – he looked so out of place. It's like watching um, – who was it? DeForest Buckner or was it um, Calais Campbell in high school? There was someone that's just like, you should not be allowed on the same field as these other people. You're like 6'9, 300. and everyone else is like 5'10, 190. Um, but yeah, anyone who says he can't throw deep, I mean, there were plenty of examples in those high school highlights where he's like on the money throwing deep. Um, so yeah, I, you know, and his ab- and his ability to run. It's so interesting watching him run too, because it's like, Oh boy. It, it it's like that's it's like in any scene. Um well, I mean most famous made famous by Star Wars, but I think like in Moana, this is how much of a dad I've become. I'm fucking referencing Moana, but like when the the Kakamura or whatever, those little coconut guys are like after Moana oh. and Maui and Maui's like trying to escape on the canoe and the the k- Kakamura or whatever on these huge ships and they're closing in from all different angles and it's like you can see you can see uh you know he's going to have to like squeeze through a tight space and he and he like you know millennium falcon ish type maneuver where he just you know, is able to to get through uh that's daniel jones running the ball <laughs> that was a long winded way of saying you watch Daniel scramble in high school and it's like, you see all these people closing and you're like, Oh my God, he's going to get like sandwiched. And then he just millennium Falcons it via Lando Carissian through the the little tight space on his way to the end zone. Uh, this is old news too, but might as well mention it. The Giants picked up fifth year options on, uh, Evan Ingram and Jabril Peppers. So it looks like they do have some faith in Ingram. Um, and peppers. Uh Angram will be paid somewhere in the ballpark of six million. Peppers um, will will get around seven million. Mm. I mean, it's probably a little high for those two, but I'm I don't think it it's like a gut punch. The odds makers have the Giants favored in only two games in 2020. I mean, go F yourself, bro. The Redskins and Cardinals, which, I mean, you know, we're really going to look at a fucking 2-14 season. I just, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot buy that. All right, so let's let's do it. Giants 2020
1: schedule. Should we do it? Should we do it? Should we do it? Might as well. Um, here we go. Week 1.
0: Steelers, Monday night football, home game. I don't know what to think of the Steelers. I honestly, I mean, Big Ben's back, and everyone's, he he like shaved the beard, and so everyone thinks, oh, wow, he's back. It's like, okay, he's back. Um, I think Big Ben is going to endure a season similar to Eli's season last year, where it's like he starts to show that he doesn't have... The mobility anymore maybe the arm strength or what have you and uh you know i think the giants take advantage of that i posted about what i thought the record was going to be and i think i think i said this was an l but it's close i think it's a winnable game at the bears i think we win that i think the bears are just like in a state of disarray they have fucking 10 tight ends which is outrageous um home against the 49ers, that's a loss. I just think San Francisco is gonna bounce back after last year's uh Super Bowl debacle and come back with a vengeance. Then we're at the Rams. I think that's actually gonna be a win. I know it's I know I don't know. I it might be a little crazy to say, but I think the Rams, they got rid of Gurley. Uh, I think. They have a lot of players leaving because they weren't able to pay them and they're they're not able to keep their team together. And I just think they're just like it's gonna be a weird year for them. I don't think they're gonna be able to uh to really pull together with all those losses that they had via free agency. Then we are at the Cowboys. It will be an interesting game. I think Jason Garrett might give us a little intel that we could use against Dallas. And we'll make it at least a little more interesting. I think in the past, you know, it won't be like last year's game at Dallas, I'll say that much. Um, so that's a loss. Then I have home against the Redskins, that's a win. At the Eagles, we just cannot figure out the Eagles, especially in Philadelphia. So I think that's a loss. That's a that's a um i think it's a thursday night game too Ugh. thursday night game in philly that's a loss um but then we have some extra time off for a home game against tampa bay i think we give tom brady a run for his money who knows how tom operates in the buck system a lot of people are saying that he i mean i i was one of them that he's gonna take him to the playoffs as a wild card um but who knows? I mean, we almost beat him last time. He was in. He was at MetLife in 2015. Should have beat him. Landon Collins holding the damn ball. Um. So that's a, I think that's a Sunday night game too. Ooh, back to back primetime. Uh, day before my birthday is at the Redskins. I have that as a W. So I think that's a loss against the Bucks. Eh, I think it's a loss. At Redskins is a W. Home against the Eagles. Uh, yeah, we just got to figure out the friggin' Eagles. I don't know that we can. So I have that probably being an L at the Bengals. I actually have that being a win. And I know that's uh, who knows how Joe Burrow comes out and plays. Maybe he just lights it up. He's got – I mean, they went very heavy on offense in the draft, got him a couple weapons. So – and I know that we we don't – I don't think we've won – I don't think we've won in Cincinnati. Did I see that stat? Yeah, I think it's a real stat. Neither team has won an away game in this series, but I think we get the W this time. It's the game after Thanksgiving, so what up? Yeah, because we have a bye after that Eagles game. So we have two weeks to prepare for the Bengals in Cincy. I think we get our first win in Cincy. At Seahawks, that's a loss. I just can't can't fathom us, actually. Just can't can't do it uh home against the cardinals i think we win that home against the browns and i think obj comes out and has himself i think he's gonna play his dick off and play his heart out and try and show everyone in new york that we made a mistake and maybe he'll put up a huge game but i still think the giants come out with the victory and then i gotta move my phone home against the uh sorry at baltimore that's a loss and then uh home against the cowboys and I really want that to be a W. So um,
1: let me see if I can pull up. So I think I had it seven and nine. Ah oh, yeah, yeah, I have this fucking code, dude. I don't know. So let me look here. So is it, we got
0: hmm, 0 and 1, 1 and 1, 1 and 2, 2 and 2, 2 and 3, 3 and 3, 3 and 4, 3 and 5, 4 and 5, 4 and
1: 6, 5 and 6, 5 and 7, 6 and 7, 7 and 7? 7 and 8? Yes, yeah, so I had 7-9, and nine, but I could see us doing 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. I think this could be very similar to... Uh, so,
0: yeah, I mean, the, the I forget who, who did this, but the five story lines to look forward to, Andrew Thomas versus Chase Young, we're going to get to see that twice a year. And I think Andrew Thomas is going to come out on top every single time. Um, of course, Odell coming back, that's going to be a ridiculous game, even though it's late in the season and probably both... Teams won't be in the won't be in the hunt. It'll still I'll I'll tune in for that shit for show. Brady the Buck. It's gonna be weird seeing Brady in a in a Tampa Bay uniform. And I don't maybe he doesn't capture the same magic with the Bucks as he did with the Patriots, but uh I'm probably on the wrong side of history there. Um we get to see Kyler Murray and Isaiah uh Simmons, the guy that we all thought we were gonna draft. We'll see how he comes out and plays. There are a lot of people saying that Xavier McKinney is is a better version of Isaiah Simmons, which is a little I think of
1: stretching it a little bit. And uh there's a little bit of bias there. And of course Jason Garrett returning to Dallas is the other big storyline. So um yeah, that's that. That's that.
0: I will say, I watched the 1981 season yearbook, which I love that they're putting those on YouTube, um, narrated by the the late, great Frank Gifford. Uh, the 81 season was really super interesting. It's Lawrence Taylor's first season. You had Phil Simms start the first 10-ish games and go 5-5, five and five, and then Scott Bruner, that 1980 draft pick, comes in. And like does not play that great, but goes four and two. (laughs) And so the Giants go uh nine and seven based on like their their defense was just like insane. It was the crunch bunch. Harry Carson, Lawrence Taylor, Brian Kelly Van Pelt. Brian Van Pelt. Uh Terry Jackson at one corner, Mark Haynes at the other corner.
1: Um, I want to say Bill Neal, rookie defensive lineman
0: who ended up not staying with the team. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, you had Phil and then you had a bunch of guys that other than I think Billy
1: Ard, I didn't really recognize any of the the, the guys on offense. It was like maybe Ernest Gray byron williams may i don't know so just shows you how far your defense can take you and then to go into philly and beat the eagles in philly who were the defending super bowl champions i have, do i have that right um and to beat them is just like
0: incredible and then uh, they ended it towards the end of the video they said it was the first giants win in again not it. Was it in Philly or against the Eagles? First Giants win against the Eagles in since 75 or something like that. Oof. So that kind of got me thinking, and it's like, ah. But I think the t- this team, this year's team, is more similar to the 84 season yearbook. Um the 84 season we went 9 and 7 and got a wild card uh ended up going to anaheim to play the rams who we 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 got we lost to earlier in the regular season phil was just like lights out threw for like 4000 yards which is only, i think he was the first person or one of the first people to have 4000 yards in a one of six or something in nfl history at that time to throw for 4000 more than 4000 yards but that draft class was just like insane it was like carl banks william roberts gary reasons
1: um alia Sheikh. uh i actually have it down here somewhere definitely one of the best draft classes i
0: had i actually wrote a a blog uh, a post about it a couple a few years ago four years ago um, for g manage gman hq Class of 84, I had them as the third best draft class, Giants draft class of all time. They had one first-team All-Pro, three Pro Bowl selections, 37 combined years as a primary starter at their position, 47 total seasons played, a total approximate value of 262, and an average approximate value per season of 28. William Roberts, Carl Banks, Jeff Hosteller, Gary Reasons, and Lionel Manuel. Don't get no better than that, son. I mean, it does, because that's third. Second, I had the class of 83. Leonard, Marshall, Perry, Williams, Terry Kennard, Carl Nelson, and Ali Aji Sheik. Such a great name. So, um, yeah. And I, I'm telling you, it feels like the last three, Gettleman gets a lot of shit, but the last three draft classes, I think, are comparable to 83 and 84. And even maybe 84. I think the 85 class wasn't that bad either. I
1: think Bavaro was in that class. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. Who knows what happens with Marcus Golden? Um, there was an
0: article by Ryan Dun- Dunleavy that said that Giants rookie Chris Williamson could be the, def- the defensive version of Darius Slayton, his position coach at Minnesota. Said he's got feet like a corner, but he's built like an inside slot nickel, and he can cover from depth as a safety. He's really physical, fitting the run. He's not going to shy away from con- contact when he leans. When he learns something, he's really good mentally. He got better and better every game once he found his role. So, might have got a diamond in the rough there. Um, this year's version of defensive version of Darius Slayton. Um, Logan Ryan is still available. Can we just talk to the guy? You know, he was one of the free agents that I thought we would target and, and he's still available, which is just bonkers to me. I don't know what's going on there. But, uh, you know, in a very youthful secondary where, like, James Bradbury at 26 is your oldest <laughs>
1: defensive back, nah, maybe you want Logan Ryan in there just for a little wisdom. Um. So, yeah.
0: I even at even if I mean, if we go seven and nine, I'm happy. I know that's not the goal here. We've got to make the playoffs, but it feels like we're we're like the 84 team. The 84 team, according to Frank Gifford, who's narrating that yearbook on YouTube, said uh, the 84 team was projected to be like dead last by everyone across the board, consensus dead last in the NFC East. And you know, they surprise a lot of people, and I think that's what can happen here. I think 7 and 9 is not that far fetched and if the ball bounces the right way maybe it's that home game against Dallas maybe it's the opener against Pittsburgh you know you could go 9 and 7 get a wild card especially with I guess now 7 teams making the playoffs so don't count out the Giants
1: I'm very excited I'm looking forward to it um and uh you know if all these
0: rookies get all those those jitters out of their system and they they don't have their sophomore slump you're looking at i mean you could be looking at potentially another a reincarnation of the giants defenses from the 80s and 90 i really do believe that all right so that's the show um hopefully we'll do oh well i didn't even comment so uh Everyone's probably stopped listening by now, but my thoughts on on Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and Brianna Taylor and Aubrey and pretty much a whole mess of black folks who are are being killed by police that shouldn't be um obviously, I'm straight white dude, I'm in the majority, I'm not marginalized uh i've you know I think. In the past, I've always been very defensive and angry when people say I have privilege. Um,
1: And I remember when the Black Lives Matter movement started, uh, you know, I think it was after Ferguson with,
0: was it Michael Brown? In 2014. And I remember saying, oh, Black Lives Matter? What? All Lives Matter. That was my response. It was. I think that was a lot of response and it's still a response today. And now I realize like, it's just not the response that you want to have. The, the, what the message is, is not black lives matter more or black lives are the only lives that matter. But it's, it's, it's like (laughs) black lives matter. (laughs) Like, and it's such a simple message and people can't grasp it. And, you know, it's unfortunate that Um, you know, there are a lot of folks, a lot of people out there who get so pissed off about the movement. And it's like, the movement is about inspiring change and making progress. And you look at Colin Kaepernick and what he did, and we're going to look back. And I, and I think in like five, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, before I croak and kick the bucket, Colin Kaepernick is going to be viewed as, uh, uh, an agent of change. Uh, I don't want to say I'm. The same page as like martin luther king but certainly someone who brought awareness to the issue and even though um you know he had to i don't want to say martyr but like he definitely had to pay for what he did and it was a huge sacrifice on his part to get blackballed blacklisted i mean he definitely got blackballed blacklisted the, the dude could still play even though he wasn't at the same level as he was in like 2012 2013 um You know, he still could have played for a lot of teams and and made a difference, but I think there was still that fear that um, there would be a revolt amongst the fan base and, like, not buying tickets and not going to the game and protesting against him for protesting, essentially, police brutality. I mean, not essentially, it was. He's protesting police brutality. And uh, now with everyone everyone having a, a phone that has video camera capabilities, which I can't believe that wasn't a thing in 2014, but, and the proliferation of social media and seeing how these police react so violently and aggressively, um, you know, um, I never really have been a political person. Um, I mentioned in the intro that like, uh, I never thought of myself as like a racist. I know that a lot of people are posting videos online about like uh i'm doing this for my black friends and it's like you know i don't uh, honestly transparently i've always been honest i don't have a ton of black friends um and i don't think it was because i avoided you know having black friends i think it just happened that way um but there's a lot of weird messaging going on online and it's it was a lot to take in last week and still a lot to take in, and you know I'm of the mindset you know there are people shaming- white people and saying you you know you can't remain if you remain silent, you're siding with the oppressor, which I saw that quote going around, and I was thinking to myself, man, that is like that's a that's heavy that uh, I, somehow I'm siding with white supremacists because i'm 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 not putting a black box up on Instagram, you know." And I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing people who did that. If that made you feel like you're doing something, okay. I don't know how much it does. I've never been into protesting because I don't I just never I'm I'm a I I like seeing results and statistics and this protest actually led to this many people voting this way and it led to this being passed and so um but so i never thought that protests could really affect change but you're seeing i feel like you're seeing a certain degree of change you know people just didn't do one protest in minneapolis after that dickhead murdered george floyd um while three guys stood around and watched the guy die it's like that's just nuts to me um but this feels different. It just feels like people have had enough and it, it's so interesting that like if coronavirus wasn't a thing, would this have happened? It feels like this is almost a byproduct or side effect or consequence of coronavirus, which is also ironic because it like it almost feels like we we're, we're going to see a second wave of coronavirus because of all the protests and people in close proximity, but um you know, coronavirus a lot of people lost their jobs, as I mentioned earlier, so much unemployment, and so those people are probably pissed that they don't have jobs. they now have more time on their hands because they don't have a job. I don't got to get up and go to the job tomorrow and so you're seeing uh it's it's being cooped up, having people saying, "You can't do this, you can't go there, and then seeing you know someone die at the hands of a police officer when it was so like not necessary not shouldn't have happened so um yeah you know i completely understand people that protest i always thought it was not gonna do anything it was not gonna have an impact but it feels like maybe it is having an impact now you know you're having you're not seeing the same old response you know i think when you saw ferguson happen it was like oh that's that's that instance that event there's some ambiguity around what actually happened there's your side of story his side of story was he going for a gun blah 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 and so it it didn't the
1: movement was just starting then and i think you know um i just didn't see the effectiveness of it
0: and this feels different and i know that there are opportunists out there that are looting, and it's like you know, we got you know it's just it's the human race you know we talk about race and racism it's the human race it's like you know you have people trying to do peaceful protests um to to affect change which i mean pe- the world's noticing people are t- sitting up and taking notice this is not 2014 where people were kind of uh yeah, yeah, but like brushing it aside, not taking it seriously in larger circles, this is actually I, I see I I feel like I'm seeing some kind of change. Um but it and you know, I, I saw that there's like eight things that can happen that can reduce police violence by seventy two percent. when you throw that kind of n- numbers at me, it's like, oh well this let's do it. What's what's holding us back? But um, yeah, what a year, what a year this has been. I mean, I'm 39 going on 40. I don't think I've ever gone through a year like this where it's like this. I mean, 2001 maybe, Um, but, you know, um, rioting, looters people are upset about looters and rioting and it's like yeah that's very upsetting you're you're allowed to be upset about that um
1: but that's there's people who are deliberately trying to disrupt
0: what's going on and they see that as the peaceful protest as an opportunity to do that i'm i'm still don't know what the fuck antifa is <laughs> i'm not a smart person and <coughs> I look at it and it's like Antifa, anti fascism. And I'm like, oh, okay. Fascism sounds like a bad thing. I think it's pretty bad. So those are good guys, right? And it's like, no, actually, Antifa is bad. And now they're a terrorist organization. Okay. Oh, they're also against capitalism. Okay. So it's just like, uh, it's hard to keep up with all this shit. I'm I'm the least woke person on the planet. Um but, you know, I felt a lot of shame and, and guilt that
1: I didn't speak up or say something on social media. But again, I if my black friends,
0: if that helps them to make me think that I'm an ally,
1: I guess, but it's got to be more than that. Than just some message you post on social media. I mean,
0: yeah, you're raising awareness, and the more people that get on board, the more people, I think, will will join the movement. But, I mean, I'm I'm all for. I mean, I used to be kind of like, "What's the point of protesting?" But I'm all for. The more protests, the longer that it happens, it's like some something's got to give. The problem is, I don't think it's gonna happen because you have. Trump as president and um I just don't see him like passing any kind of law or executive order about I mean he's passing executive orders about like Twitter or something so like
1: I don't see him like really uh implementing any kind of change for um for police reform which obviously needs to happen I I retweeted a
0: a a bit as that chris rock had uh from i think his most recent special it was a special in 2017 there's also a, a good clip from bill burr talking about uh colin kaepernick that you should check out those two are like those you know i know it's comedy and it's a very sad time very tragic painful hurtful for a lot of people but um they make great points you know uh chris rock's point was like they keep saying, and I've I'm guilty of saying this too, that they are just a couple of bad apples. Like there's bad apples in every pro- profession. And he's like, well, policemen, p- cops. That's like the last profession that should have bad apples. That's the that's the one that should have zero bad apples. That's one profession you can't be bad apple. It's like uh, American Airlines coming out and saying, well, you know, most of our pilots land planes on the runway, but we do have a bad a- a couple bad apples that. <laughs> Decide to mm-hmm. crash into a mountain. Definitely butchered that, but you get it. Then Bill Burr with Colin Kaepernick, he's saying, "Um, you know, people d- don't want to listen to Colin Kaepernick, and they have mis completely misinterpreted, and misconstrued what he was doing. That he was not, it was not a protest of the troops, which a lot of people said it was. Um, like as soon as he said, uh, you know, I'm I'm taking a knee." against police, but my, my fucking brother fought in Iraq, you motherfucker. And it's like, no, 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 I, I, that's I, okay. I'm not saying that your brother didn't fight in Iraq. I'm saying that we have to stand up against, um, systemic racism, you know, uh, <laughs> just the way he goes into, uh, is so good. So, um, I'm a pretty negative, pessimistic person, but it feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I think there's uh some hope. Hopefully, there's not a second wave of coronavirus as a result of this, because that would be like the ultimate, like ugh, the ultimate kick in the dick. Um, but yeah, Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's it's that simple. Um, and uh, and it, you know, I think there are some extremes out there. Like, and I'm learning and listening and trying to educate myself but there's a lot it's it's a lot to take in dude it is a lot especially when you grew up in the 80s and 90s when there was some revisionist history going on and we didn't really get into all the little details of what happened during certain periods um you know like i read there was an article like 75 things white people should do it's like 75 things dude i'm trying to like maintain like make my wife happy (laughs) and make sure my my daughter learns to be a good person like 75 things and there's like eight funds to donate to and it's like which one do I do I donate to all of them how much did I donate if I donate five dollars to each one am i gonna look like a fucking idiot do I donate 50 to each one that's like you know fucking 400 bucks and it's like ew you know, I'm lazy, I'm a lazy person. And, uh, you know, my wife has, is a doer and she has you know, made it clear to me that, uh, you know, I, uh, not good being lazy, but, um, it's almost like, wouldn't it be great if we could just have,
1: you go to a website and there's one question like, or eight questions and it's like should police be allowed this should police
0: do this should police do this should police do this? all police reform questions and everyone votes online encrypted no russian trolls not none, none of that shit. and i would do it in a heartbeat and it was like all right boom all these people say yes pass it along to the whatever and and then Trump vetoes it or something. So, I mean, my cousin's a cop in in Delaware, uh state police, and he's had some he's had some crazy stories. And so I'm not anti-cop. That's the the thing people are very kind of black and white. And if you're not this, you're this. If this then that. And and so if you you can't support cops and then also support black lives matter. It's like, eh, you can't You know, I love my cousin. He's, he's, I I can't imagine being in his shoes and having to go out there, um, you know, into the thick of things, not knowing how a person is going to respond. That's got to be super goddamn stressful. And so um, I can't imagine what he has to go through. So I'm not saying like, you can,
1: you can support the police and and still um you know have faith in them but yeah you got
0: to weed out the you got to weed out the assholes and the racists cuz you have an entire race of people i mean you probably have multiple races anyone that's not white really who uh is just fucking scared of cops all the time because they're not sure how they're
1: going to react when uh when they're not just walking at night, you know. So I don't know. That's my uh two cents that make no sense. So um, you know, I'm a like I said. Apparently, I'm a non-racist, but
0: that makes me racist because I'm not anti-racist because I'm siding with the oppressor. Neil Brennan has been putting out videos on Instagram and all over Twitter and he's been shedding light on it because he's you know he worked with dave Chappelle, and so he's kind of in that circle of, of you know he's been accepted and he said this in his stand-up he's been accepted amongst the black community um and he's just been really honest and raw and real about everything and it, I, I just uh, it's i appreciate it because it feels
1: you know it doesn't feel like a scolding it doesn't feel like you know um you know and he this latest one he said yeah i I, i'm a racist and he's like because i'm a human
0: and human have humans have bias and i i totally agree with that you know i think everyone has bias there's discrimination you discriminate every day with how people look what the way that they talk or walk whatever you make snap decisions and judgments it's you're human
1: so. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and say like, whatever, but I, uh, it
0: just, it just stinks. I, I, I actually watched the video like leading up to what happened with George Floyd. So I I didn't watch, I haven't watched the actual video yet. Um, but I've seen pictures. And so I watched the, the security camera footage leading up to that and it just looks like Okay, they stopped this van. Something fishy's going on. There's no sound. And you see them you a you see them ask the people get out of the van, come up against the wall. And of course, George Floyd looks like he's resisting. He's like, What the fuck? Like I didn't do anything. Um, you know, he, he get he, he's obviously disturbed, he's upset that he's um from what i understand it's because he he was trying to make a new life in minneapolis he had just gone out of jail in texas so he does have a criminal history um and you know you could just see him constantly fidgeting and like no 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 like don't touch me get off me blah blah but you don't see like you see him against this wall and then you see they see him taking walk him across the street and he's still kind of he's not like really resisting but he's just like upset and he's like doesn't want to get hauled in and then uh that's where it ends it's like five minutes and uh you don't get to see the rest of it but it just seems like
1: uh mm. i don't know And then you see it keep happening.
0: And this is what stinks about, and this is what happened when I worked at the New York Post, is you see these videos that are just completely, you're just dropped into a moment out of of the sky, out of the blue. You click start and you're like in the moment. You're like, what preceded this moment? What happened after this moment? You don't know because this is a 30 second to one minute video and this is what you see. And so that's all you are led to believe but you don't know what happened before and you don't know what happened after um but i'm seeing a lot of police brutality videos of just like and it's against like people that it's just like so small and like weak in comparison to the like the heavily armed policeman police officer it's not a good look and especially after what's going on i think the, the last video i saw was in indianapolis it's like just a woman standing there and they just started beating her with the nightstick And then they push her friend, her, like, her friend who's small and does not look athletic or jacked or anything like that, just, like, takes a nightstick and, like, cross-checks
1: her to the ground. It's just insane. It's just insane. Cops trying to, like, run over people in their cars. Oof! Then you see officers that are walking with people and protesting with people and talking to the people
0: in a calm manner, trying to de-escalate. And I think that's one of the keys for progress: is how do police officers de-escalate situation while also having awareness and and seeing like, is this person a threat? It's a tough job. I can't imagine what my cousin has to go through. So, um. Yeah, a lot of interesting group chats going on. And I haven't really said much because people haven't asked me anything. But my opinion is yeah, Black Lives Matter, dude. Um they matter. And we need there has to be change and people keep talking about change. And I don't know, this feels different from the last I don't even know how many times this has happened. So I don't know. The 2020 election, like, what the fuck? I'm not political, but, like, I'm supposed to vote vote for Biden? Ugh. And it's like, this is what happens in 2016. Trump versus Clinton. Like, I don't want to vote for either of these assholes. And now it's going to be Biden versus Trump? Like, I don't want to vote for either of these assholes. And it's like, Clinton ended up winning my state anyway. Biden's going to end up winning my state anyway. I mean, and then we get Biden. I, I don't know. And then he's like, you know. Dude, the top Google trends on Joe Biden, I because I was doing, I was trying to optimize a video for work
1: about Biden. And I'm looking at the top search terms for Biden, and it's like Biden fart. Joe Biden farting.
0: Joe Biden, you ain't black. Joe Biden, Charlemagne. It's just like, oh boy. (sighs) You like, isn't there just one like cool good person that's a leader i mean i i you
1: know i'll be transparent i voted for george bush well i did i miss that one so i think
0: i i was supposed to vote for george bush do like a a mail-in ballot for george bush in 2000 but i was in college so i fucked that up and in 2004 i voted for bush
1: uh i don't know why and then, um, 08
0: voted for Obama and 12 voted for Obama, didn't vote in 16 and probably not voting in
1: 20. These people are just like, I can't vote for them.
0: I'm sorry. I know that's like, un- I guess it's un-American that I don't vote, but like, I don't know. Got to keep it real, you know? All right. That's the show. Jesus Christ. It's supposed to be an hour long, you know? Um, so that's all i got i guess next go around hopefully i don't know i have hope even though it's looking pretty grim right now i think if the coronavirus does not come back (laughs) due to these protests
1: um we'll get sports back we'll get back to some degree of normalcy and um I don't know. I think I think this is, this honestly is going to
0: seriously hurt Trump's chances of getting reelected. I think the way that he reacted to this, the way Biden's reacting to it, I'm not gonna vote for Biden, but I can see how that could swing a lot of people into
1: Biden's favor. Mm. Twenty twenty election is gonna be fucking nuts. Uh, but I'm just looking forward to sports coming back. Because, uh, I mean, if we're being honest, that's, that was pretty much my,
0: you know, I I grew up in mostly in New Jersey, you know, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, North Carolina. Um, you know, we didn't have a ton of black kids that went to my school, but there were, you know,
1: a handful. Um, I played sports with, uh, you know, my black teammates. And,
0: um, I don't know, it just never, you know, as a kid, so it just never
1: crossed my mind. I didn't see it, you know? And I think that's what, what the internet has, has done
0: has been so great for, um, I mean, it's been great and it's been awful, but it, it, you know, it has exposed a lot of people, you know, I think it was ice T or Ice Cube, or probably both. They were like, can you imagine if we didn't have cameras? This shit would still be going on. So I think the fact that people have cameras and are able to capture
1: these moments, and it's, a, it's just an eye-opener. It's been an eye-opener, you know? Um, And so, you know, I didn't have any kind of... I wasn't discriminatory against you know, my black teammates or my black, uh, you
0: know, classmates. Um, I don't know. So I didn't
1: see it. It didn't happen. So I just didn't think it was this bad. So it's just hurts. It it hurts. And I, I, you know,
0: you want to make it better and you don't know how, and then you see all these guides about like, I mean literally it's just so many things read these 80 books and do these 80 things and it's like I I I got shit to do I will try when I have the time you know and I I don't want I don't want anyone to you know hurt and I think that's where I was coming from or where I've come from is you know I view people as people and I want to get to a place where you know you're based on your talents and your skills,
1: your intelligence, and not the color of your skin. So, way to end on a good note, Neil. Sort of? Uplifting? No, not really. All right, that's it. We'll, like, we'll catch you soon. I don't know when. Next week, two years from now, we'll figure it out. Adios, muchachos.